What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 153. I'm your host, Anthony Trapani. And as always, I am joined by a couple of resident homies. I got Casey Howard and Joel Horner with me tonight. What's going on? What's going down, <laughs> dudes? <laughs> Not much, birthday boy. Yeah, what's going yeah, on? It's my birthday today. <laughs> I know we, it, we do birthday bashes. This one actually crept up on us, so we decided to just have a guest with us tonight and tonight we got charlie corin with us what's going on dude what's up guys thanks How's for having me you and casey happy in birthday the living room yeah we're yeah. actually in the same living room he's like it a looks the same. house no we're not do you guys do any jamming on those pianos <laughs> yeah i've been playing all day on this piano. Yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah well thanks for hanging out with us tonight on my birthday yes it is my birthday and uh all I would say that I would want for my birthday is if you have a friend that would want to listen to the show, tell them about it. And if you listen to this show, subscribe to it on all the social platforms, all the YouTubes and all that shit. Um, we love to see those numbers get up. And that's the only way that we get this thing to expand is those numbers to go up. So if you help us out with that, that's awesome. Or you could go to battleforgecoffee.com and get yourself some coffee from the homies in Deeds of Flesh. That is where we get our coffee from and uh, also helping out the underground. Calidethpodcast.bigcartel.com. Uh, That's where all the merch is at. A couple of t-shirts. That's really all we got. You can buy some shit there, though. And then, uh, Charlie, dude, you got... You got tons of stuff that you probably got to plug, dude. You got, oh, yeah, dude, I always do it every week. Before we do that, dude, generatorrehearsalstudios.com is where you got to go if you're in the SoCal area and you want to jam out. All right. Is that it? Yeah. No shows. Joseph's it's not going to be plugs. here with you tonight. He, yeah, I think so. I never know, dude. You guys do a halfway intermission as well where you, you have to do another? <laughs> <laughs> we were doing well, it. We were, like, we were hitting at the end, and we were just all like, "It's like we're like three hours in or something." Just like, "Fuck, let's do the plugs again." And I'm just like, "Dude, yeah. fucking fuck that!" I'm just yeah, yeah. frosted flakes. I was, I was yeah. trying to do like a quick Nabisco. version of it, but that was at the good. end, it's like seriously just spit out the websites. That's it at the end. But yeah, dude, we're, we're, got you got your uh, engineering shit. You want to plug yeah. that? Yeah, we could. I mean, right now I've sort of been, I've been so busy touring and whatnot where I haven't been putting on doing too many sessions, but I think at the beginning of the year, um, I'll be doing more recording sessions. So it's, it's sort of been word of mouth and people send me emails, but, uh, yeah, whenever I'm not on the road, I'm doing recording sessions in uh, Portland or I can do freelance sessions sort of wherever. So killer. Yeah. I do a lot of that. And then, uh, are you, Avail you're available for hire for session drumming too right yeah yeah i have a setup to do i really like doing sessions probably more i enjoy doing sessions more than anything these days mm -hmm. um so yeah if you need drums on your record hit me up fuck yeah. hell yeah and what did you drop your website it's just charlie Korn. yeah just charliecorn.com yeah i think you should be able to find everything on there sweet yeah K O R Y N. Yeah. Drop an email there. Cool, dude. Well, uh, yeah, dude, let's get into it. Um, 
it's my birthday, so how are we going to start this off? Are we just going to chat? Are we going to get into him right away? What? I don't, I don't even know, dude. It's your birthday, dude. You you make up all the rules. Yeah. It's birthday boy, dude. Birthday boy's day. Yeah, what the fuck? I think you just like nobody's singing, but just imagine the birthday song over this. Yeah, if you're listening at home, just sing happy birthday and make your it head, up. Your head, your head. No. Nah, let's get into Charlie, dude. We don't need to do any of that shit. Oh, happy it's your birthday, day, man. No, this is a big deal, dude. It's a big deal. <laughs> He's all no, I have one more year. Yeah. One more year. My third. What are you gonna do? I mean, oh, we're what, getting some happy celebration. Yeah, Thanks, everybody in the chat. Are you doing no, anything happy this weekend? But... Are you going to a special event? I'm having or... a long weekend. Actually, I took Monday and Tuesday off. I'm going to spend more time with the fam this weekend. That's all I. That's all I really wanted for my birthday, and I'm getting it, dude. So fuck yeah. Right on. Yeah. Good shit. Weekend, dude. It was cool uh, going down to Santa Cruz last weekend too and seeing. Oh guys. yeah, that was super fun. Miss Casey, I'm sorry, dude. I really did. We, uh, there was like literally two uh, more chairs that could have been filled there with the people that I wanted there, but Casey, you were one of them. We were. Anytime we get Joseph, now Joseph's up here, so it's like Joseph, Joel, and me can get together a lot easier, you know. So every time we get the three together. I, f- I feel like, ah, oh, dude, we're missing a big chunk right here. I'm dumb. I'm bummed about uh, Carrie had to leave because his had a <laughs> pooping of the blowout. Yeah, he had a blowout and just What's show going up, on? and shit up his back and stuff. So, see, it's like, sorry, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> that place is good though. What is it yep. called? Seabright Social. Shout yeah, out yeah, he's Seabright, Seabright Brewery. Wow. But yeah. Oh yeah, dude. All right, let's get All into right. it. Charlie, how? uh how you doing tonight, bro? I'm good, man. I'm a, I'm a little tired, but um, yeah, doing well. Oh yeah, cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, we're Same. always a little tired on this. This, uh, you just got to get the. We, we'll get the momentum going and get the energy, and then you forget you're tired, dude. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, so let's let's dig into you a little bit, dude. Tell us about uh, some early childhood memories with uh, art, music, creativity. Um. um yeah, I think my er- the earliest memory of music would probably probably be like uh so I was I was born in LA and I lived in Oxnard, California, probably the first 3 or 4 years. And I lived on this block where there I think there would be all these parties and there would be um I would be taking a bath in the kitchen sink and I I could look down from this apartment and there'd be bands playing. So I remember there were probably some rock or punk bands playing. I remember that was my first memory of seeing drums and seeing a drummer play. Mm. And that was like just basically being probably two years old, two wow. or three. And then from then on, it was just like hitting pots and pans and whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think. It, so that's an interesting thing to be yeah. that young and it, um, exposed to music in a live setting first you know yeah because that sounds like one of the probably the earliest memory you would have of music and you're seeing it live you know yeah watching watching like rock and punk bands do it too so you're seeing probably pretty aggressive energy right off the bat yeah yeah definitely i think um yeah, there's an energy you get from seeing a live band, and I think nowadays kids don't might not get that as much. Like, uh, 
at least you don't see a ton of all ages shows and all ages venues and things. I guess it's always been that way, but I like, I don't think I would have gotten into any of this stuff that I do if I wasn't able to actually see it in real life. Yep. Like Mm -hmm. there's a big difference between seeing something on a video and then actually feeling the power of like real amps and drums and watching people play. That is a huge, really, really good point just to interject. And also you're like impressionable at that age too. And you're in high school. Right. Like that's just going to stick in your mind. Like, like going to see deeds of flesh or dying fetus all ages places. when I was like 16 or whatever. That was like, right imprinted like it was more important than waiting to have to be 18 or 21 to get in i was league. proud to have the x's on my hands and still right. just be yeah dude just get in there well that is another that's actually a good point of how things are changing it's like now venues need to make so much money and to survive and stuff that like 21 and over and alcohol sales are like kind of the only way they do it nowadays and all ages yeah. shows are kind of like falling off you're not really seeing they're still they're, they still have them but it's still it used to be like yeah there'd be a drinking area of then like yeah, it's too right many venues. Both. Yeah, yeah, too too many venues. Like I remember uh, talking to the DNA Lounge guy and that was owning it, and someone passed a minor a drink, uh, and I was talking to him, and he <clears throat> it was like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars after all everything was said and done with the fines, all the mm-hmm. closures yeah. and shit. Like it's like so it like makes them go like, well, fuck, dude, we don't want to have like minors here <laughs> if that can happen. That's like too big of a like a risk for us, and that's kind of. Yeah. shitty how things have gone but back dude, in the day yeah it used to be a lot more do what we did and drink before you get in dude and just fucking deal with your your buzz for the rest of the night while you're there you know yeah. like and that's that's what they have they're they're silently agreeing with that like you just can't buy alcohol from us dude that's it we'll let you in right and yeah have a good time but you know it, and yeah i know but some people people like me get fake ids and <laughs> go into the right. places early you know it's probably it's it gets harder and harder as time goes on though it used to be a lot easier like getting the fake ids and all that stuff now it's like they're like fucking all these lights and shit and scanning it and you know it's mm-hmm. like used to mm-hmm. be just buy one for a 100 bucks and we're in but now it's yeah, yeah the technology's made that a lot harder it's fake as fuck like it's like right. <laughs> yeah growing up i mean fast forwarding like um yeah, there was the, uh, the Jumping Turtle in San Marcos, which was like, that was where a lot of extreme bands were playing. And that was re- what really exposed me to go seeing like death metal bands and, and thrash bands and things like that, where you, you see oh, that yeah. live when you're like 12 years old and that'll like really change something. You're like, whoa, that's what I want to do. Fuck yeah. Totally, yeah. dude. And, yeah. and we had the pound and yeah, that's like another version of that. Like the Jumping Turtle was a place that odious has played too and and it's just one of those small intimate places that's uh making it possible for the underground tours to come through certain areas and and kids show up and yeah shout out to I that girl it. what was that woman booking agent's name trisha she was the one that would always book those shows down there and she like had a lot of that scene with the scourge and stuff like that like right. and deeds of flesh and uh, that's actually she's actually the the house they were staying at when they fell off the balcony unfortunately but uh, oh, yeah. yeah but uh but she was instrumental there's there's those people across america that are just instrumental in and in making their scene there's like one person that's like a promoter that brings the, or a, a booking agent that brings someone or promoter brings someone over and 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 constantly does like well and gets like in with the booking agents and then they just all the good shit just goes there for a while you know and uh yeah shout out trisha real quick shout out to ian in the chat i have to say dude looking at you 
uh, your 20 year old, uh, it makes sense that they're not carded because they're probably seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so seeing shows there. So, what were bands? What were like some instrumental shows that you saw, like when you were younger, that basically just made your whole world kind of like oh, this is kind of what I want to get into? Uh, there was one. Um... Well, I think seeing Iron Maiden when I was like 10 was when I first saw like just total heavy metal. And even like when you show up in the parking lot, you're like, this is it's just a shock when you're a little kid. And it's like, this is so cool. And then watching these guys running and jumping around on stage, like just blasting and people going crazy at a really young age. It's like super cool. Just that'll stick with you for life. And then, um, yeah, the Jumping Turtle, there would be like. There's a ton of shows. I remember seeing like a band like Angel Corpse play when I was, I was just a teenager at the time and I didn't know what Angel Corpse was. And then you see that tour come through and you're like, that's pretty insane. <laughs> just seeing, just seeing blast beats at whatever. Yeah, it's so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So let's rewind on you a little bit because yeah. I want to know like where the hooks got really set. So, okay. Yeah. You're really young seeing the, aggressive stuff early yeah in a live setting now let's talk about songs or or groups that you fell in love with early and and what are your parents artistic or or yeah musically inclined um so my grandmother would be the other person in the family who like her whole side is all She's a really amazing classical guitar player or classical piano player. And that whole side of the family is all music. Um, so her, like just watching her play piano, I, I guess piano was maybe right when I started playing drums, I started playing piano at the same time. Um, but yeah, my mom and dad were always showing me Led Zeppelin and, and Black Sabbath. Like I think, uh, hearing Bill Ward play that that was really instrumental um just mm-hmm. on yeah that was just huge um yeah just the type of playing and, and listening to Black Sabbath as, as a little kid what year were you born I was born in 94 okay okay so yeah 10, 10 years 10 years yeah yeah so I moved to San Diego I must have been three and um that was right around when I got my first drum kit. My mom took me to a local music shop and I got, a, a, I think it was one of the Ludwig, the blue junior kits. And three years yeah, old. Yeah. Jesus. They, they were, they were down to like, just be like, fuck it. Just go. Yeah, yeah. My mom's kind of a wild lady. And she saw that and she's like, she's probably like, all right. It was, yeah, yeah it was basically drums and skateboarding growing up. And that was, yes. that was like kind of hand in hand and like, skateboarding friends older friends will show you music and um yeah so you i basically got my first drum kit at three and played that for a couple years and of course you destroy your first drum kit Mm -hmm. and then i got another kit and at five i got um my mom i don't know how she got in touch with them but that was my first drum teacher um this guy dave uh Okay. I don't know if I pronounced his last name correctly, but he um, he's an old Philly guy and he played in this band called the Hooters. He still plays with them. Oh, yeah. uh, but that was my first drum teacher. And 
he like basically showed me my first drum beats and we went through the buddy rich book and Are you originally was, socal yeah okay so he he was yeah he was living in san diego okay okay yeah he was living in san diego for a while and he'd always be going on and off a tour but uh he taught me from age five probably till like 10 damn something like that and i'm still in touch with him today but um yeah and he showed me like uh john bonham and we were like he was showing me all sorts of funk and rock and all sorts of stuff yeah so those lessons were like really crucial um just yeah just that was the first time i saw someone just ripping a drum kit like ripping rudiments and yeah that that um yeah shout out to dave dude that's crazy because you're just making me think of the extra because you said um so basically let me spit it out yeah i'll just spit it out so i'm i'm thinking of the extra layer because it sounds like he's really trying to connect with you because you are talking about groups or artists that he had introduced you to so it's not just about the drums it's about the love for the music and the drums right. that, that you're seeing from this teacher. And I, I think that's like a lot to do with the education system in general, where like you, the teacher really has to show passion in what they're teaching in order for the student oh, to yeah. like fully sit and, and absorb, you know, if you, if somebody is just, phoning it in a child can easily figure that out you know and it's going to turn them off to it and and it'll just have to be another opportunity that they might be able to learn that again but in that opportunity right there with your teacher showing you the passion and here's an example and this is what i love about this then boom you got like a real lesson right there right it was always i think that was huge um lessons were always fun and playing drums was always fun and like i was never told that i needed to practice um even nowadays i think it's like if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying what you're doing then you're it's going to be a lot harder and the whole process is going to take longer and it's not going to be something that's enjoyable like sure that you have to practice if you want to get better you have to challenge yourself but if you're not enjoying yourself and you can always make it fun and do Mm -hmm. things that are helping you improve and i think um yeah showing up and then just getting straight into music and then seeing somebody that's so passionate about playing and playing with people um and then so after he's after he's uh after 10 what where does it go from there you said from five to ten he taught you what did you do from that point um at that point i was at that point I was just, I was already playing with like neighborhood bands and things like that. And, um, what kind of stuff, just cover stuff, just whatever I could. Yeah. Just playing rock and roll or yeah. Mainly playing in rock bands and punk bands and stuff. I, I did, I was in jazz band in middle school a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really dive too much into jazz until later on, like probably after high school. Okay. But I was always just, yeah, I think from then on on out and then. Um, Anything, uh, any bands from high school that you can feel were like the first real band situation, like working with dudes and 
and having jam practice every day or did that not happen until after high school? That was, I always had bands like just local bands that would play just local shows. And you know how it goes when you're, um, when you're a kid and I mean, yeah, you, you're jamming with people and you find out quickly that you're the one that's really dedicated and then right. that, that'll turn into something else and then you keep on finding yourself in this situation. So I did that. I had some bands throughout middle school and high school. That's kind of uh, like a crabs in the pot situation where you're trying to climb your way out of a yeah. small town or whatever. Exactly. And with everybody around you that's in the pot and then you realize like, I need to get out of the pot to really, sh- you know, show my full potential with an, a, a worthy musician type deal, you know? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, so I went a few years without drum lessons. Um, and then it was probably, I don't know, age probably 15, 14, 15. Um, I studied with this guy, Mike Rollick down in San Diego and um he was like more a metal guy and he showed me a lot of he showed me a lot of like we would transcribe death songs and things like that and um he'd show me like all sorts of double bass stuff i never i never really got into double bass playing until i started studying with this guy nice so we never sorry we never really talked about like what stuff you were listening to like uh, because we also like to hear the progression towards metal right when it comes to music yeah. that you're being exposed to that's yeah kind of a com that's definitely a common theme on this show like so how'd you build up to metal because we always talk about building up to it and then being able to sustain it and then you pa- get past this point where it's just like i can't get enough you know so right exactly um playing all those rock bands and stuff probably yeah. exposed you to plenty of rock and roll yeah, rock and roll, and then you hear like at the time I heard Slayer and, and Pantera and you and uh, Metallica, Kill 'Em All. So who was giving? Who was passing that down to you? Was it just guys you were jamming with? That was got. That was that was honestly like neighborhood kids that I would be skateboarding with and things like that. Yeah, and um, I, I didn't really have any like full on metalhead friends up until. So this was probably early on. This was probably like elementary school uh, when I first heard like Slayer Hellweights. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, here in Pantera and Metallica. Are you, you got siblings? Yeah. I have a sister. Um, she was older and never really into music. Okay. Yeah. So it was really like I always had older friends growing up. I think from just from skateboarding, and then you, you know you have your neighborhood kids. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I always hung out with older kids, and they would kind of show me the cool stuff. And that that sort of progressed all the way into when I when I started playing in bands, I was always the young kid mm-hmm. playing with a bunch of like older at at the time older teenagers, which they're probably sixteen year olds, you know. Those are the older kids that you're jamming with. So did you just go straight from like rock and roll, like rock and roll stuff straight? Did you not go through like a Green Day phase or did you not jump into any kind of pop music or anything back in the day that was kind of hitting the radio? 
Not really. My sister would be listening to like Green Day, Weezer, and and a lot of things like that. And I I always I think maybe studying with Dave and and he him showing me I was really obsessed with listening to like uh, John Bonham play. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's straight from yeah. Because for me it was like yeah I had the dad with the classic rock and like was showing right. me all the cool drummers and stuff for all the cool musicians, and then I kind of went off on my own, found the you know radio stations I liked because back then that's all i really you really had was radio stations and stuff and Mm -hmm. and then you go off into your offspring green day new metal and then kind of come back and and your puberty you're kind of like all right well i need to kind of hunker down here find something that kind of mixes all this together that's because you know you know the the thrill of the of the find when you're younger just like trying to find like once you get that bug dude just like Oh shit! This is crazy. Oh, this is crazier. This is more insane. This, right. you know, like, and then your friend's like, "Dude, I got the most crazy one. Fuck you!" And you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you know, like it turns into this like this kind of friendly competition of uh, of finding you know the coolest, newest, um, most thrashiest or most death metal thing that you could find with shredding. And like, uh, so yeah, that's cool to see you just go straight from Bonham. And then just like you skipped all the shit. Yeah, Slayer. I, I <laughs> Slayer. mean, I, I, I remember having friends, but there's a lot in there, like friends showing me like like Slipknot and Corn, and and there mm-hmm. that was like probably right around when the whole new metal thing was happening. Mm-hmm. And um, it's crazy to like think any, that uh, that that would find you in adolescence ten years later. You know, it's yeah. like that 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 feeling of that music finds its way to a teenager boy with way too much testosterone and right sperm in his nuts and prostate exactly well you and, said that someone showed it to him you know that's not necessarily no but i'm just saying all about and then it makes its it makes its mark like on a kid that age because it kind of is made for a kid that age right yeah there I mean, is like what was it napster first it was napster and then there was was kazaa i think i was limewire and all, yeah, yeah. limewire yeah and then so you, I would just find like try to find the heaviest stuff I could find, mm-hmm. and I guess that that just like was the common thing for years. I was just trying to find stuff that was more intense and faster. And so was it more kind of focused on thrash for a long time, um, and then kind of progressed into death metal? Yeah, I guess it would be just like listening to Slayer and uh, Slayer and Exodus. Um, What's the first I, blast beat that you heard? You could you remember the first blast beat? The first blast beat was probably probably listening to Morbid Angel. I, I at a CD or at a record shop. It was uh, I think Spins Records in Carlsbad. Nice. Um, oh yeah, I got it was the Altars of Madness that came with the DVD. Mm-hmm. And um, that I was remember like a double disc. Yeah, I don't know if that was the first. That was the first like all, full on blasting that I heard. Yeah. Where That's it's like just a... like it's just like just full blasting and a time signature the whole time. Like. Yeah. I'm back in the um, middle of a Slayer Renaissance right now. I because uh, for me, I mean that was that was like one of the biggest like going from you know like Slipknot when I was yeah. like in nineteen or two thousand two thousand one two thousand two, and then finding out I always knew about Slayer but I was like ah, I don't I'm not really yeah. into it but then. Got super into it that um, I rewatched that. It's a VHS, but it's online. Uh, Live Intrusion it actually was filmed mm-hmm. by um, NFL Films. It's like fucking my favorite. It's one of my top two or three live videos ever. Um, 
and I just watched that whole thing again. I'm like, Slayer's so fucking sick. I'm like, I, I, I totally put them away and just put them in the the old uh, the capsule and was like, all right, well, I just brought it out the other day for the first time and just went on a Slayer, just listened to like yeah. three or four albums. And I'm like, man, I'm, imagine I'm this coming out of that time. Like the, at this time, this coming out is like so yeah. much more evil and sketchy, sketchy, I almost said, but like just trippier than like Metallica had like more you know epic songwriting and stuff like that slayer was just like fucking scary it was breaking boundaries for sure yeah it was it was still though just the music and you know the solos they do their slayer solos sometimes and i'd give a little chuckle because they're just like like, no there's (laughs) like i'm just gonna tread wherever my hand takes me kind of thing even though they do kind of on that live intrusion uh dvd they're still playing the solos pretty much the way they play them on the album so they have Mm -hmm those kind of like nonsensical solos still like dialed you know and uh right but man they just they were this they were pretty they're pretty much i would say top two of the top four of the thrash thing you know they're it's hard yeah. to argue that they're not you know number one or two they're just so sick and I, I urge everyone to go check that out again and go down that slayer renaissance just go because i listened to divine intervention again that was like the album that came out when i was kind of getting into them and uh and that's the one where a lot of Slayer fans are like, that's what the fucking sell out. And I'm like, what? It's got their fastest music on it. Like, it's got, like, Ditto Head and all, all these songs that are, like, their fastest songs. But, um, but yeah, th- that Slayer go- throwbacks are awesome. When you just put things in capsules, bring it back out again, like, whatever, I'll just go to old school Cannibal Corpse Land. And like, fuck yes. Like, yeah. uh, this is, like, yeah. brings it all back and all those memories back and stuff. And uh, I'm right in and the middle of that with Slayer. It's funny you bring that up leaving it for a while because i was while you were saying that i was thinking the same thing like just a few days ago dude i haven't had a good slayer listen in several years so i wanted i've been planning on doing that properly but it's funny i'm planning that to happen i haven't done it yet because i want to have like a real big sit down with a few albums you know right um but yeah dude shelving it is where it uh it recharges it's recharging its energy that you got from it the first time yeah sometimes you you get a new perspective when you sit on something for a while and then listen to it again you like you'll hear something you just have it you're in a different point in your life so you'll hear it differently Exactly, and there is some yeah. letdowns too, where you you try to go back and you listen to something and you realize it doesn't give you what it used to give you. No matter how long you stay away from it, it's just not for you anymore. You know, right? There's a couple of things that have done that to me. I'm like, oh, this doesn't give me nearly anything. I mean, yeah, obviously I could still you know vibe with it because it was a song that I like, but what I was getting from it and thinking that I was going to get again in this nostalgic time warp, uh, it didn't happen. And it's like an old movie. It's an old movie where you think the movie's like you in your head, you know, that movie was sick, dude. I need to throw that on again. And like, you throw it on like 20 years later, like, Oh, this is so cheesy. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. You know, like I thought this was going to be, you're like showing people like, dude, this movie's sick. You got to check it out. And then you just put it on. You're like, fuck, this is not my brain. Your brain made up your own memory of it. Like I thought this was awesome, but I guess it sucks now. That sort of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I would say at least for me, I I have that 
that more uh, no not that situation i have that less than when it, i'm like oh yeah it's still there but you know it's to each their own I, either way it sucks when you're like oh i was diving into the i have this way into the past through this old movie and thinking i'm gonna like go back into my childhood and then it's like ah that was it's not there anymore guys <laughs> right yeah i mean nostalgia is huge but yeah like sometimes like you said it lets you down what are you gonna say charlie i think like recordings can do that too like i don't know if you guys know like you record an album like way back in the day or demos and things and then you hear it back and you're like whoa i played that like mm -hmm. i don't even know these songs anymore yeah exactly that, that, that's a cool thing i really like recording records and i think it really documents like a point in your life totally does totally totally yeah. actually yeah i started just because for uh odious right now i i relearned i learned a bunch of songs on guitar recently and i played guitar in a short time in odious but i was like i'm mostly bass but i like was like what how did i pull this off i don't even know like how i even like because it was such a it was 2007 or something and i'm like i have like an injury from it like in my shoulder from like going so fast and shit i'm like right. jesus Christ. like i have like an old man like fuck i can't lift with weight i can't go to the gym i just have to sit there and like my I have to let this like just chill for like a week or two because i just don't know i just when you're a kid you heal so fast and you're just going for it as you know as fast yeah. as you can go as you know and like just having all the aches back then, like whatever. That this like golf ball in my hand will go away in like a day. It's fine, you know. Like, oh, yeah, you know, totally. Like, but nowadays, it's like, all right, let's jump back into it. <laughs> like your Being body's a drummer just, like, too. Fuck. Like the yeah, physical aspect of what you guys do is, uh, you, you should definitely look at it as you are athletes because you're you are exerting yourself like an athlete for a certain amount of time and then you stop and but just like any other training there's so many muscles in one like your picking arm probably is using so many muscles that you, that you haven't don't utilized. normally train yeah yeah that's what happened for sure so and but you still your other muscles made up for it and then you end up with the fucking yeah, my shoulders like I'll take over my tendon to my shoulders like I'll take over, bro. I got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think, man, it's kind of like I I think this this discussion should be considered here is basically like and John Longstreth posted a thing about this today about like practicing, like mm -hmm. you know, right. like just being in like band practice and having a band th like three nights a week or whatever, two nights a week. I love doing that. Scheduled, like, yeah. Totally yeah and you're like excited to go to practice you got that adrenaline and, and like you know they might bring a friend or two and you want to like you got that like i'm going to be psychic warming up and you're like into it like you actually care like people are all the bullshit out, the like, days, like built up yeah, exactly yeah dude and like man i, I super miss that dude you know yeah like, that yeah, used to too. be used to be a nightly thing like every night just rehearsals mm. every night yeah and it's kind of a hangout it's like almost like a sacred thing that you go it kept do us out of trouble game. dude yeah you know like we didn't we didn't get into too much trouble because we were too busy at the jam room but like what you're saying that's totally charlie it's like the it's a sacred like it's just what you do you know sometimes you don't want to do it sometimes you're bummed on practice yeah sometimes you're super psyched on it and like i just How remember like looking back on it I don't have any bum memories because I wish I still had that kind of like therapy that was like three or four nights a week, you know? Right. Um, cause mm -hmm. we had it right in our living room. So people would just, you know, decrepit and odious would just come in, 
walk into our living room and jam and like and that was just so just like all right let's jam like move over my amps and like you know it would just be like a setup of like 20 seconds and i'm like all right let's you know that was so amazing and i that's yeah just the camaraderie of all looking at each other and be like um oh, when we fuck up laugh yeah, i was just around. about to bring that up i wanted to say kudos yeah. to you guys and and like jamming with odious really showed me what it was like to be i'm gonna get hippy dippy lovey dovey but it was like a a room full of like love because even there would be times where we were doing this thing that's so precise and technical that when we're doing it we know when somebody's not doing it (laughs) in the room (laughs) but we would never look at each other with negativity it was a smile and a laugh that would happen i don't know i think i yelled at you a few a few times (laughs) (laughs) specifically you i just would love it my favorite part around me no my favorite part about practice would be like the technical crazy weird parts we would like nail and like the dumbest parts we'd fuck up yeah and it'd be like like, it would be a laugh and that's that's like the whole thing and like it never made because dude if if it wasn't like that who would want to go yeah the seriousness of like what the fuck like if you fuck up like it's like yeah and all of a sudden that's gonna just compound and just be like more fuck ups and more fuck ups and it's like it's not fun if you're not like if you're like all like oh shit i gotta get this right you know like for me if i put that pressure on myself it's you're gonna fuck up more especially if you're like jamming in front of like like people that that you like look up to and stuff and like i remember when i jammed back in the day down in san diego at like i think it was universal sound like off miramar oh yeah I that's, that's for dior or D- diorgo yeah. diorgo dude diorgo 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 that's that's <laughs> my introduction to diego as well i, I jammed oh, at the same place yeah we were upstairs okay. and they were da- they were downstairs and that's nice. where I met, like yeah ed and diego and yeah. yeah oh nice man yeah like in dude yeah and i i i jammed there with diego in like 2015 like years later like yeah. doing, trying s- some of that like uh strangulation stuff but like I, it was it was a like oh, a wow. lot to me to for me to learn and i was like all trying to figure out what i was doing at the time and i just had no time to like work on it you know and i just moved down from the bay area anyways point is that i was back at that studio jamming and i had my kit in there and like i think like ricky was playing on it too like yeah. they were still kind of jamming a little bit that was before ricky i think joined Suffo or maybe Suffo, yeah. some so something around that time anyways yeah i was um, right there probably around that time okay nice dude yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool man shit i never yeah i never crossed paths yeah. there would be a mariachi band i, I remember across the hall from them and <laughs> Oh like, really? Yeah. Yeah, Discord would be practice, or maybe it was TVD playing, but it would be yeah them and the mariachi band, like, and you hear it back and forth, and <laughs> I, I feel like the mariachi band would be louder than Discord sometimes. So it'd be like 12, 12 people in this tiny room. Yeah, the horns and shit, just like yeah. we're gonna fucking conquer, dude. We're gonna get through this. Yeah, this dude, that is fucking so wavelength madness. That yeah. that was the fun thing about old jam places, just the diversity of the music you'd have, like coming out of each door would just be like. Yeah, you got yeah. a punk band over here. You got like a fucking reggae band over here, and like yeah. you got extreme brutal death metal over here. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like and just like you'd stop and just hear like, burp, burp. you know, it's like hear like another band working on a completely different style of music. That was always like a fun fucking thing, like about renting out a spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like, yeah. and I was gonna say to you is because I 
grew up down here too in San Diego. And so like, we, like I've told the story before and stuff, but like I had a band like back in the late nineties, it was like this kind of death metal band Zingaya from this area. And we just like had a few songs, whatever. And it, it kind of fizzled yeah. out, but basically we practiced at that studio and we didn't even know discord to those guys. I mean, I, I saw them live. Like I, I like went, went to the, the first show, the, like the first, the first bloodletting in 2000. And then like, we're just like, cruising down the hall we had like the smallest room in the place like like, like yeah. further down the hall from them and then we we're just like we just hear like a disgorge we're like dude yeah. that's fucking disgorge like <laughs> what the fuck dude like and uh and so we just were like kind of cruising back and we were like i mean i was like 16 or some shit you know and like the, the other guys were older but we were just like we like knocked on the door and they just open it and it was like aj on vocals and like like that era discourage yeah. like, it's like damn and it was crazy. Like they, they had like all this like porn all over the wall and shit. It was like <laughs> shit, yeah, classic rehearsal room. Yeah, I dude. know that's classic. But anyways, it was pretty funny. But yeah, dude. The, 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 then they were like super cool. They're like, "What's up?" They like brought us in, and we just like watched them jam, and we're just like, "The score is like right here, fucking practicing." Like so sick, dude. And then, then they came and watched us, and we were just like, <laughs> like playing our little like, you know, like I was like, like cryptopsy wannabe stuff, you know and uh and they were just like cool but they all came and watched dude the whole band it was so funny that's awesome you know that's cool that's a cool yeah you could tell they're you know yeah chill stoner motherfuckers yeah that that place i uh that was right when uh my band ascended dead formed that was i was 17 i was 17 when we formed descended dead okay yeah Yeah. yeah. okay yeah so yeah so i was playing in another band this band called abaddon which it was just like a high school band that didn't really do much um we had some recordings and uh john from ascended dead him and ian they're both the guitar players who they basically compose most of the stuff um and they heard some recordings of me playing blast beats and whatnot with this band and john sent me a message that said hey i'm starting this band like chaotic death metal band and he named out like morbid angel and possessed and i think those were the two influences that yeah possessed possessed morbid angel so that was i was about 17 i jammed with them once and yeah they should they basically we ripped through a couple songs and then um from then on out we just started rehearsing every week and put together a demo and those guys were the first two people i jammed with that were like they were like better than me at the time where they were like, okay, these guys are older and they're, they're pushing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, it would, so the, I guess that was the first real band that I, that really like from there, everything kind of like snowballed. Um, that's, that's huge to have that. I remember yeah. with us and stuff. We had, de- we had decrepit. I mean, Casey was in decrepit birth too, but we had them sharing our band room. So, yeah. you know, we would be done practicing and they would come in the older guys and just like, we were like, you know, oh my god, it's cr-. you know, like we had yeah. that kind of bright eyed bushy tail thing going on, and uh, just seeing like, all right, this is what's going on. We have to, you know, I step up so cool the game when they like, when we were waiting right. for Bill to show up and they would do procreating uh, procreating an apocalypse, and I got to do oh, the deprec- was it deprecated prelude to the apocalypse. Huh. Oh, prelude! What I say? What I say? You're like prelude to the fucking procreating the apocalypse. I'm mixing inherent disease. <laughs> that's like a that doesn't make yeah, sense you, you it's all, it's all i could be like creating an apocalypse like procreating that, like you're that's the name of the inherit album right procreating an apocalypse, is, is procreating? Yeah. Well, I guess an apocalypse sorry 
Okay. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. fun, though, dude. Yeah, yeah. That was the first decrepit birth song I ever heard, dude. And oh yeah, they had like it? Kevin yeah. Talley. Yeah, back in the day. Anyways, let's get back on track with the. Uh, yeah. So so you're you're like eight or something. And you learn. I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, so you you. Did we get uh, to the the first discovery of true death metal? Like, what was the first actual death metal band you listened to? That was um, it was uh, the first death metal band I listened to was Death. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning that now because they were showing you. Yeah, and then the uh, second, or is it the second teacher? Yeah, he he showed me death, and um, man, we would go all over all sorts of sorts of things. I had this was um, yeah, he would show me death. He was real into these these bands that were doing like odd meter stuff. Like he would show me like Mashuga patterns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was already like I had friends showing me Deicide. And um, at the Jumping Turtle, I had seen it was Obituary Immolation came. I think it was oh, that tour package. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of shows at the Jumping Turtle. It was uh, like I that's how I learned about Possessed. Mm-hmm. And that was um, oh sick yeah. yeah. When I and I remember first listening to Seven Churches and like just listening a couple songs and it like I was like this is fucking crazy. It kind of like it almost like scared me to listen to that and then I turn it off it was too intense and then like yeah yeah and then but then when you hear something like that you want to keep on listening to it and then you right yeah bummer that you get a a deep like reaction to something whether it be positive or negative you're like yeah why did that happen let's go check that out again and see why that happened yeah sorry i was gonna say that but bummer the jumping turtle isn't still around dude right it's closed. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of we, the... we played there, right? With you, with you too, Anthony. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, did. I, I played yeah. Jumping Turtle with you guys and that five, whatever. Yeah. That I brought up earlier. It's kind of like the pound vibe. And again, we don't have the pound either. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to keep an underground uh, sanctuary like that alive, you know? It, although we we had some great experiences we're just we just got to be grateful that that those places were open long enough to have those for us to have those experiences we could know? just be old, old men telling like kids about it like dude i know that's how we feel about it brother we have been those tell. guys on the show many yeah. times to be like it's oh like, dude r.i.p the pound you know it's like, it's like that's a good guitar player but dude have you ever heard fucking hendrix brother like you know it's like <laughs> and, and you're like, like a mushroom head i saw him with 15 other people dude and they still <laughs> dropped the veil before they started playing yeah you, you have know? to tell like, like a bunch of those the whole performance dude <laughs> <laughs> old stories yeah. it's like i was there when deeds of flesh and someone got killed brother <laughs> <laughs> that, that did not happen by the way deeds of flesh was not affiliated with any of them oh, they shit. weren't yeah well i mean it yeah there I was no it killing there no was no, no they didn't yeah. someone outside got killed right no nobody got killed dude the dead hooker park thing no, oh, maybe that was a different okay yeah, yeah, a different one. i thought may, that might be a, a different <laughs> place i'm talking about the pound story the pound Jeez. story, nobody got killed. Oh, for us, no, they didn't, no one got killed with us, but there was another show where someone got killed. Anyways, I don't, it's not funny. It's not making me laugh about it. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, just throwing back to the, I'm getting to that age now where I, I'm that guy just going like, dude, 
well, I saw them when they fucking yeah. You, you got know, the stories like, now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, ah, oh, dude, people used to always do this to me, and I'm doing it to other people now. Like, and I used to be there, like, all right, dude, whatever, you know. And now I'm just doing that, and I'm I'm still seeing kind of like, you know, I'm 39. I'm not like too old where the stories are like not oh, cool old. yet, but they're about to be not cool in about five years. I feel like telling right. like the youngins, like, dude, yeah, fucking something. They're just gonna like sick, dude. Well, uh, black, you know, the new band Lorna Shore is coming on, so I'm gonna go ahead and just leave, <laughs> you know, and just kind of not yeah. care about the old, you know, anyway, vibe, yeah. But really, it is all you're trying to do is being like, here's all the sick things that I experienced in my life, and now it doesn't happen as often. It doesn't, you know, it's like now I only have few and far between, so I got to tell you, like. It's not like it used to be. I got to talk about that again. You well, know? social media has kind of taken the glory out of a lot of the mythological stories. It's kind of like you just tell, like, I had this experience. I did this right mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, everyone's just mm -hmm. telling about, you know, talking about stuff like just to, while yeah. taking a dump now. And like, it's like, all right. It's like, kind of the... <laughs> it's like, how you been? It's like, I don't know. I follow you on Instagram. I get it. Like, I don't even talk about it. Like, let's see right. what's going on here. You know? Yeah, 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 you went to that show last week. I saw. Oh, cool. I saw what you did. I saw everything that you did. About it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Charlie. So being with Ascended Dead from the beginning, yeah, and it, they you guys have a massive catalog. Uh, what you've been doing along the side, along the way, we still want to get into. So yeah. you get into this. This is the most serious project you felt, you know, up and you know, coming up since three. Right. Whenever you started playing drums, right. you know, three to the age, what, 17? Yeah, yeah, I was 17 when we started jamming. Um, so it took you 14 years to build up to this moment. Now you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The seriousness of being involved in music, you know, like right. take us through that, that route. Did you guys start playing local shows, weekend warrior type gigs around? you know a radius of few hours or whatever yeah we would play shows um local shows we would like we played some shows around san diego in la the first few years and then um after putting out a demo that you know after putting out a demo with that band that was the what really got me into like all right i gotta start recording because like we would, we would just record with the, with friends you're, you know you're on a budget and you're talking about the mix of the demo may have made you feel that or yeah just the whole recording process i was always really interested in it and, that, and in then a I, good way like was the mix good for the demo no it was actually it was terrible it was a terrible so recording like, experience right, i gotta I figure like, out how to do this myself yeah, yeah i was like i i can do this um mm. yeah so i got mics and a cheap interface and then i started just recording rehearsals and demos um, and that kind of went side, like that was right on the side of me playing with this band and progressing. Um, so yeah, it was just like the progression of getting into recording and playing with these guys and like just pushing to play faster and more technical. Um, so while you're doing that and, and working on the recording shit, did you actually record the next thing Yeah, that band did? Yeah, the next thing I recorded our seven-inch EP. So um, that was so that was the demo, and then the seven-inch EP is the first thing you recorded. Yep. Okay. I didn't do the demo. I did the seven-inch EP. Um, 
And once we put out, put that out, we did our, that was like my first experience doing any touring. And we just did like a run up the West coast. And you still got a copy of that. I do. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things we cherish. Just keep that, that, keep that, uh, safe because you've always, that's the first thing you recorded and it's you know, the first serious band you were involved in. Right. You know, you look back at the demo, here's the things we need to improve. Then you, you actually put your own input into it and make that happen. You have a physical version of it. Boom. That's, that goes into the vault for sure. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess playing with that band right after high school, I, um, I started studying uh, with this guy, Chuck Silverman. He's uh, he taught at MI mm -hmm. at the PIT um, program there. I studied with him. It was him. Nice. He was sort of my private instructor. Um, so yeah, after high school, I went to PIT just for just a little under a year. Um, and what I studied. What is PIT? Which one? That's MI. It's the percussion. Um, oh, the percussion yeah. part of the MI. Yeah, no, yeah. So that's in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. MI. So yeah, so I was like at that time. That's when I was. I was pretty much like, I was basically living on couches and out of my truck, and I was. It was just drums all the time. Like, yeah. it was pretty much just yeah playing with uh, Ascended Dead, and that that sparked off into other side projects I was doing. So it was just full on recording. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was studying drums and um, mm -hmm. yeah, Chuck Silverman. And that guy was like, he really taught me some just, he, he passed away now, rest in peace, Chuck. But um, yeah, he's an old Latin drummer. He's from Miami. And uh, he put out like, he put out a bunch of drum books and DVDs and um, yeah, he, he taught me like he just gave me like showed me all all the, all these different types of music and getting into fusion Latin and um, that was huge to my playing. Uh, studying with Chuck, That's I studied awesome. with him at the same time. I was studying with this guy Rob Carson. He's like a uh, in the nineties. He was like a world champion rudimental drummer. Jesus, damn man. I'm, I'm it sounds like you were really hungry. I mean, yeah, looking at yeah. what you've been doing, it's sick. You've always been hungry, but I'm just saying, like your appetite, it, yeah, it grew very fast. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, after high school, I was just like, just pretty committed. Like I'm gonna play drums, and I'm not really gonna do anything else. Like it was just all music. And you started off like the right way too, with like lessons, young, yeah. And so you yeah. you've mentioned multiple people that you've studied with. It's like for for me, I've only I've taken some lessons, but um, I wish I was more scholastic brained in a lot of ways because right. I would be, you know, like you had the first teacher. I had a guitar teacher later on that was more fun and teaching me stuff that got me interested. And I, you know, yeah. my home, it wasn't homework when I went home. It was like, I want to get this down. Um, my first teacher kind of took me was like, all right, dude here's scales here's mo you know, just here's the code it was like fuck dude just teach me a fucking sepultura song or something like i need to know yeah, exactly. i need to get into it first and then once that hit later on and like maybe kind of end of high school then i was like oh shit he would just listen to songs and transcribe the songs for me that i wanted to know and like right and then i would kind of like from there kind of pick apart 
um, get the interest of music and, and playing along with people or playing along with the drummer and then and then be like, okay, theory, let's do this now. I'm, I'm down now. I hate to interrupt or interject one more time, but I think it's crazy how like the technology has changed in a way that the expectation has changed a lot with like, right. like, like kids or, or students playing music. Like now they're just like, okay, so you have YouTube, you got Songster, you got the ultimate guitar, you got Google, you got all these things. It's like, just go learn the song. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I don't even need to like say anything anymore. They were just like, yeah, just go yeah. learn it. And they're like, oh yeah. Okay. Cause it's like, it, it just, it's so just different. Play along like, to the back thing. in the day, it was like I have to go to my teacher to show me how to play. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's like, dude, I need to learn this song, yeah. and then however he taught me is how I was gonna play it, or like whatever way, dude. Or I would yeah. like you know use my ear and like learn after that. But for the most part, there there was not the same resource like you know like that. It's, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I think nowadays there's like there's tons of good information online, like. There's, you can watch anybody play anything and learn from anyone. But at the same time, there's this like sort of like when you have a mentor or somebody that you're studying with, it's like it's someone that you can kind of talk to and get a perspective. I think yeah. like having perspective is huge. Like um, because oh, you, you can there's so, there's like almost way too much information where you'll somebody and a lot of people that are teaching are like saying you have to hold the stick this way or this is what you have to do. And I you think have to. Yeah. people forget. And I think you can build a lot of bad habits and things. You kind of just have to figure out yeah. how so you he, need to achieve what you want to sound like. People don't really like think about it. Activity. I, I think it's the same analogy to like jamming in person or like doing stuff like, or the complete opposite, like playing to a computer or like yeah. the same thing is like, being taught in person by somebody like in and watching how they do it and just like no tabs just remember this like all the way to like just like watch a youtube video and like you know read the tabs or whatever like the, like the yeah. two like there's like gauges and it's like i don't know i think it's kind of like in in this modern age we kind of have to like do hybrids a lot of times you know like yeah, yeah. oh like we're gonna have to like okay so I'm gonna have to like work on this remotely, but then we'll get together and then we'll fucking like jam it. And then it'll be like, you know, have to just like cram that time. And then the same thing with like the, the tabs versus like learning it, like learning it in person is still valuable, but the tabs can be like, or all the technology can be a way to like help you practice. And it, film, it fills a lot of blank spaces yeah. too. And like, let's say you're sitting at home working on something and then you take it to the jam room and you're like, Oh yeah. shit, this like, there's some, there's, I know the stuff, but there's these parts that I need to work on because live they just are different. You know, there's like a different vibe right. to it or something. And like, yeah, totally. so it gives you kind of like a baseline. Like, it's like, all right, this is the baseline, what the song is. But then like you have people around and there's like a some someone or a, a tempo changes or something you're not really used to or standing yeah. up you're not used to. You're not practicing standing up guitar or you're, you know, which is a huge advantage if you're practicing to play live is just stand up and practice like don't don't sit like classical style the whole time just be like all right dude i'm gonna nail this live every time because <laughs> you're gonna like yeah. want to walk around and shit and do stuff or you're gonna want to like be it have a stage presence or also just be kind of conformed to be, be kind of like medusa will look at you just turn into a statue just like fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, like and, right yeah. like when you're learning drum parts too like you're filling in for somebody or learning a song it's it's one thing playing along in headphones you almost have these training wheels but then going and play, playing a whole song by yourself without the band, without listening to the guide yeah. tracks, and then like making it feel right and sound good without anything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
exactly. That's like a whole other thing. Or like just you can be playing all the notes of the song, but they're not feeling right. It's like yeah, yeah. Being able to play behind the beat if you need to, or in front of the beat, like yeah. You can't you can't learn the human aspects of music through the internet. You can yeah. learn the books all you want, but the human aspects that are involved in what we love is it happens in person the connectivity between more than one individual making something together and the feel of things that you can't i mean but theory can be learned on youtube you know sure sure yeah yeah it's like the, the the being that we all become live it's like it's you can tell when a band's fully locked in just click everything's just clicked out and like the you know, it's like you, you hear all the, you know, I'm becoming one of them. The old guys is going like, well, the soul's yeah. kind of like not really there. Like, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you guys are just playing exactly per- perfect. It's really hard to do what you guys are doing. Right. It's not easy at all. I'm not like and, downplaying and but, like that aspect. Yeah. But it's not like a, a it's not it's like a radio song or something. It's just something. Yeah. Like, it's like a, a little too. A little karaoke like times. Yeah. yeah. Karaoke ish. Yeah. But it's of. great though. It's still super hard to do. It's yeah. even to oh, like yeah. learn to do it's, it like that's hard, you know. It's, so it's amazing to do to pull it off. Yeah. I think what happens a lot, like not a lot of people talk about it, but like playing in metal bands, especially like death metal, black metal bands, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like when you're when you are playing to a click, everybody's told you gotta be perfect on the metronome. Like you wanna be it like on a grid. But I mean not a lot of people talk about like when you're playing to a click, also a lot of times you want to be slightly behind the beat or slightly in front of it. Like being able to play with a click track and then play around the click track. I think oh, dude, something totally. people don't really talk about that much. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. If you like completely quantize drums to the point of like complete perfection that sounds like silly almost on like a say a split blast or something, right? You know? Yeah, there's no there's no tension. Like that's yeah. that's why I, I like watching guys like Pete play where it's right dude there's there's a, there's almost this fight like a tension release sort of thing where you don't like someone else yeah. can be playing songs like that and playing them perfectly on the metronome and it's it's almost like boring to watch yeah it starts becoming boring yeah i've <laughs> right. definitely noticed that yeah it's kind so, of like somebody's use, yeah, yeah. Use, using their body and fighting through something there's like it's more enjoyable to watch and it's going to sound like more intense to me definitely yeah definitely. oh for sure man yeah 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 a lot of drummers too i've i've seen nowadays they'll like they'll have a man if the the how you get out of an issue coming out of the like they're listening to just the guitars or listening to the drums and or only their drums or something from the album like they'll do yeah. like out of the out of the uh ipod or the computer or something it's just like it's only drums tracks. and guitars yeah yeah and like that will go down sometimes <laughs> they're like right. that there's no sound all of a sudden they're just like fuck and they have to like you have to actually know the vibe of the feel of like a jamming with humans kind of thing, or else that's going to be a disaster. But if you could do both too, that's right. More power too. Yeah. You know? I would, I would want like it still in the, in the drum monitors, like the guitars and shit from like, but I guess maybe that would fuck up the stage show. I guess that would, huh? So you have to have it. In your yeah, I guess. Room. Then it gets more into like you're playing when you're playing with one of these pop bands or something. Yeah. Like it's, it is what it is, but yeah, you, that's what it needs to be on, on, on those yeah. gigs. But it's not I, as fun. <laughs> I've never played live to click tracks. So yeah. Yeah, I would just yeah. Casey, I would just be like, I need kick and snare in my yeah. monitors. I want to know where he's at at all times. Like that yeah. was my click pretty much. Maybe like a little bit of guitar. 
but I just wanted that was like my click. I was, it just I, you know. Depended. I was one of those guys who walked around with that T-shirt. It was like the tempo is what I say it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was that guy, basically. Well, yeah, I, you yeah, went really never... fast. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm just Sorry. saying you went really fast, like when you uh, when you yeah. first start playing shows and things, where you're like. You watch back a video and you're like, "Holy fuck, I'm playing fast!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I was like, like "Why did I do that?" Common things of a live performer in our genre, at least, where yeah, we get, just get so amped up and we do things yeah. that we didn't think we could do <laughs> in a live I mean, setting, and then realize, "Oh shit, we just did that." You know, I I I couldn't imagine like doing vocals as fast as i've done in some odious settings than like any other thing that i've ever done because there's some really really fast parts and then i look back on it and i'm like oh the tempo of the band made that happen for me in this live setting that i it brought me to a point that i i didn't think i can get to you know so everything been, slows down in a live environment too it's kind of like you don't even know if you're flying you don't know if you're going too slow you have no idea it's kind of just like all right let's just play the song you know like and then you have to do like hundreds of shows to be like all right well you can tell without a click like okay this i would be able to tell because my forearm <laughs> my, my hands start cramping like on the first song i'd be like huh, this hasn't really happened like this before. There's a muscle issue going on. And uh, that's where I'd be able to tell that we were going a little too fast. But um, it's just the, it, but it's like a breathing thing. It's like seeing Cephalic Live. It's like a breathing, living entity. That they're just, right. the drummer decides to do, they all follow. And uh, so, yeah, yeah different I bands like that have, that. Like yeah. That. It's just like in the moment situation, this is how these songs are going to be presented that night because of the feel of the, four or five dudes that are going to be playing it for you that night you know yeah, whatever happened then one of them had diarrhea in a fucking gas station like four <laughs> hours before they played that show you know drinking a rock star and having a cliff bar as a meal bad scallops <laughs> yeah like when you when you see a band like a like a touring band like a really well rehearsed well known band and you see them like fuck up a section i think that's cool that's like you me don't too get that. i love you that. don't get that on the record yeah yeah i feel like that's that's like oh we were here for that more yeah. than like oh they fucked up like because yeah you no know they don't and then fuck you that, see up. that energy i was talking about earlier where we all kind of giggle and then we start over again yeah how that. a band handles that is huge for me too it's like if yeah. they get pissed then i'm like who are your vibes now thrown on the crowd and the crowd now is like yeah. oh this is awkward like if you're like mm. ha ha like we fucked this up and i'm like haha they fucked it up it's all That's good a video like the, the singer that like punches the drummer or something <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's so oh, dude there's like a live i mean a, a compilation of bands like blowing up on each other on <laughs> on stage like people quitting people fighting each other people <laughs> throwing their guitars at the drummer yeah people like like <laughs> i know it's like man it's in front of like 20 people or like yeah. doing this guitar spin and then just like the guitar goes flying and just like oh it's nuts <laughs> and again you gotta think it's the one thing they're looking forward to we were just talking about going to jam yeah. there's that guy that's like i'm gonna go fucking shred their faces off this weekend guys at <laughs> nick's restaurant down the street dude you know? <laughs> i'm gonna be playing for the people at the bar that are waiting for their table dude and right they're bummed in. 
Yeah. Just I, them apart, dude. And I got a question for Charlie. I got a question. Yeah. A serious question. So yeah. Don't take it personally. Just a serious no. question. I was kidding. Um, have you ever hit yourself in the face with the drumstick on stage? I have. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Like an eye ever? Like a poke uh, ne or a ne whack? Ne never super bad, but I've totally whacked myself. And then yeah. like constant, constantly whacking the knuckles and things like that. God. I gave yeah. myself a black eye one time. Hit him right here. Black? It like right in the inner part somehow. Yeah, it's all black and shit. After he like nailed himself, I had, like, it, was, it was on the faceless was... tour. I had like a black. Yeah, eye. It was, yeah. We were, I remember. I think we were doing like anti begin, like a crazy fast song, and you're just like, and we were like, what the fuck happened? You <laughs> gave yourself a black. Eye. So <laughs> that would like... be coming up off the snare and going to a uh, symbol or something. Yeah. I had to. Have been. I, I've definitely whacked other people with sticks to go flying and things like that. Really? Yeah. Like I know, I know more than a few times I've had like China's fall over and doing with incantation and hitting Luke's leg or something. He's like, what "The hell, man!" He's like, "What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Dude, I'm just fucking. I don't have the fucking. I'm not like a pranky enough to just be like, dude, I'm gonna throw my fucking symbol yeah. at him. Yeah. Uh, you ever hit? Have you ever punched yourself in the balls? Um, <laughs> punched yourself. That's a good. That's on. a good question. No, I don't think it's I have. Well, not playing drums. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just for fun just like hanging out for <laughs> yeah. like when i'm when yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you matrix. <laughs> yeah it's a nightly thing <laughs> it's like more of a flick but uh no, I'm just now, losing a stick for you guys is much more uh it happens much more often than probably other drummers too and i i always even though it's just like grabbing another stick out of the bag I always like your guys' recovery. I'm just like, yeah, they're back in the blast, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, it's part because of your it. brain kind of has to polyrhythm because you have to think about like, all right, I've yeah. lost the stick. It's just going to, to happen, so you just have, to, have to like to... learn to, yeah, yeah. I have to have my brain go like, right, break no, too. It's not just that they fall out of your hand; they break, and then you're like, yeah. oh, I gotta grab another one, you know. So you have to, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the recoveries it makes it fun that's why you have feet you know right <laughs> yeah what... I, I lost a snare drum on uh, during a show like the snare drum completely falls off in the middle of a song and it's like what do you do that <laughs> just kind of kick it to the side and start playing on tom oh that's yeah, yeah yeah that's cool that's how you guys can recover like that i remember uh i already told the story but john longstreth when we were on tour with him for the summer slaughter a long time ago like he was so pissed at his playing that he's like in the middle of an origin song oh, and just yeah. goes like he just grabs the sticks and just goes like this fuck <laughs> while he's doing double bass he's all, he's all fuck and just grabs more sticks and just gets yeah. back and that, like, was, that was fucking badass actually when he did i that. know I'm like, that means he was like in a rhythm and that broke his or not a rhythm but he was just in a flow and then it broke his flow and he was just like sick. fuck i was feeling yeah. that high that flow god right. damn it now i gotta find sticks, the flow again, yeah. You know? yeah fresh pair it was just yeah, pfft. yeah. We're all looking for that. <laughs> yeah, all, right? Where it's yeah, yeah, like it's Zen. <laughs> I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know. Well, it was like at House of Blues in Vegas too. It was like the but all like everyone's there, and I'm just like he just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, God damn it, I'm not. I haven't caught the flow yet. I'm like, yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was nice. Like, Some, sometimes the perfect wave. Yeah, sometimes everything is on, and it should be the perfect show, and then you're just something's not firing up there and you're not doing it yeah it happens it's part of it can't yeah, wait you guys have so many things to like 
to watch over. That's one thing about like drummers yeah. are fucking gnarly. They have to like every little pedal you have so many little pedals and stuff. You have like little like yeah. a gears and shit. <laughs> you have to like make sure and like, you know, triggers that are attached yeah. to things and it's there's literally it's guitar and bass is like, all right, go into the thing and maybe like a pedal or two. Um, that's about it. They're just like, dude, these fucking brackets and all all those things have to like hold correctly. And, um, it always made me, cause I, you know, it gives me anxiety watching drummer set up. I'm just like, you're like setting this like thing up. Like, all right, dude, this is going to be fine tonight. And to me, I'm just like, I tried to be the guy that put the symbols, help put the symbols together. I always tried to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. To help out. Yeah. No, Put I know. Symbols on. Gotta help I, the drummer, dude. Dude, it's like this super OCDC thing. I don't know about if you, if you feel this OCDC. way, Charlie. I'm, That's a cool fucking OCDC. band name, dude. OCDC, yeah. dude. We should start exactly. an OCDC band, and it's fucking OCDC, ACDC covers that are grindcore. Everything's got to be fucking set up perfect. And- yeah, perfect. And if anything OCDC. moves a little bit, we the whole, the whole time you're so, just setting up. All right, so I have a question for Charlie. Just yeah. how do you feel about this? So, as as you play drums part of the like becoming a sick drummer i think or or whatever sick drummers this whatever it is any drummer yeah. like is the setup of the drum set you know and so you're like okay like you you like change your setup you're always like moving it around and then you get to a point where you like find this like okay like like really good drummers set up their kits really good you know yeah like all sick right so there's like the ergonomics right. of all that kind of stuff and then there's like this weird ocd thing i think sometimes when you sit down and someone has their kit just like the symbols are like sideways and all like all yeah. over the place are way too close oh. and, and you're just like uh like i can't like it's like claustrophobia <laughs> well you almost want to play that? as a drummer i've always thought that because i've watched a blind drummer set up and figure out it was meticulous yeah. how he had all of his stuff they're just all vertical like fucking he needs, it, he needs it exactly <laughs> in the spot that he knows that it's going to be because he's blind. What do you think, Charlie? And and so I'm thinking like you guys almost want it to be to where if you need to close your eyes, it's exactly where you need. Oh yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to like, yeah, because I think when you're playing a lot of what we're doing is muscle memory. So you learn the muscle memory to be, yeah, everything is where it is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like when you're playing a bunch of gigs and flying all over the place, you really need to like train yourself to be able to kind of set up on anything and play and just figure out what you need the bare minimum. Okay. You need like a good throne and the snare needs to be a certain height and then everything else. House kits are, are probably always hell for you guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's the running joke, dude. It's yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean, you, have, like, you have to have like a house kit for like a tour. That's different. Like, yeah, yeah. If you have like yeah. a tour kit, yeah, like, then you can adjust it to be yours. But yeah, yeah when you're playing right. on di- different, I've done tours where I'm playing on different kits every night, and yeah, mm, yeah. there's a lot of headache and duct tape involved. And <laughs> yeah, because totally. you said like I, muscle I, memory is like I have anxiety right now. Muscle yeah. memory is a big yeah. thing for drummers, though. So you're saying like to compare it to people that don't play drums, it'd probably be like, all right, I'm walking around my house. And I run into a fucking like I run into the wall. Like what the fuck? Or like slam your head hand yeah, on like, like a, a railing or something. Symbol, like, right. Like, and you're right. pissed at it. Like what the fuck is fuck you? And it's been there for twenty years. Yeah. You're like what the fuck is going on? You know, it's like 
if or maybe something's like a door's open a different way than you're used to and you just uh, run into it like you know it's not even that, that yeah. you get stuck in one setup and that's kind of part of it but i think it's the feng shui of the drum set yeah like there has to be enough space for it to make sense and things have to be like leveled a certain way like to where it's like reasonable where things are placed you know right and to get a proper sound out of the drum that sort of thing yeah and, and to be able to have motion and hit hard if you want to not be obstructed and what there is a lot of clutter in certain setups that are just like imagine okay so like take like blow joe blow who just like you know ha has like a bunch of money and he wants this crazy gigantic drum set in his like garage and he like buys every symbol and buys everything and it's just you like he's like dude tune my drums and you come in and it's just like this cluttered insane contraption that like no one can actually like function <laughs> on you know but he's just like like all like it's just we're all over the place i don't know i've yeah, seen yeah. that a bunch of times and so i'm just like no man and like like my drum teacher bill ray was all about we had him on the podcast oh bill ray yeah he played yeah, with, yeah. He played with paul gilbert and, yeah, 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 yeah bill's yeah. insane he was Super always about sick, the ergonomics of the ergonomics, kit yeah like everything like how it's set where you know it's like it's all a whole thing you know so yeah, yeah. I, you know I, speaking of that i saw bill ray um what was his group that he that he had is it uh r it's rg something R. I forget what you had a fusion, fusion trio I'm not sure. Was, I, I don't know what it was, but I saw him. He dropped, so many, uh, he dropped a few projects that that episode. Yeah, yeah. He it opened was, up for um, it was Dennis Chambers and Scott Henderson played. Uh, was, that was in Ramona Main Stage, and I saw Dennis uh, Chambers just hop right on his kit and play it exactly how he had it. That's right. He told. Yeah. Yeah, that was super cool seeing that. Damn, that's sick. So some drummers are like, I mean, it's kind of like with. Uh, like uh, with Matt Satello when we were uh, in Decrepit and stuff, he was he was like insistent on it didn't matter what pick he had. Like it was uh, he has to be able to play with it, any pick, like a really floppy pick or a super hard one. He could just he's like, no, I don't want it to matter what my configuration is. I just want to be able right. to play. And I was like, it was like giant picks. <laughs> yeah, like a giant like fucking Slayer Kerry like, King pick. Play with like a Seamus's uh, the guy yeah. oh, Jameson, fucking like paint scraper kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should be able to sit on anything or plug in anything and make it sound good. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, if you're playing in a certain band where you need to do certain techniques and things, then the setup is really important. But what's like, what's your like quick just general drum? Your, what's your like like your 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 favorite drum setup or like whatever? I, not, I know you play on like a bunch of different kits, but like yeah. What's if, if, if I'm playing in a metal band or anything heavy, it's yeah. two, two uh, 22 inch kick drums. Sometimes I'll play 24s. Um, and then it's 10, 12. I like a 14 inch rack tom. Yeah. And then just the 16, 16, sometimes 16, 18 on the floors. Nice. Yeah. 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 And what and kind of drums? Is, there. is there like a choice? I mean, I'm mean, so. Drum so brand. Many, yeah, I mean, these are like one of your favorites that you kind of um, Yeah, I've been playing D-Drum. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, probably the past, since 2018 or 19. Um, nice. But I, I have a big drum collection of old drums and things. Like, I, I love old Tama drums and old Pearl drums. But, um, yeah, D-Drum's been super solid. The new kits they're coming out with are awesome, too. All right, what about oh, cymbals? No cymbals. Cymbals? Uh, Piesty. Piesties, what, yeah. like what, what uh, line and model, like signatures or? 
Um, I kind of have a whole bunch right now. I'm playing. It's the uh, Modern Essentials, the Formula Six Hundred Two crashes. Oh, nice. Those are yeah, cool. yeah. They're the like the Vinnie Colaiuta ones. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Yeah, I've been playing those. They just yeah. I feel like I have more control with them, and Amazing. sound guys like them. And you barely have to hit them, and they just open up. Nice, dude. Fuck yeah! I've, I've actually never played on those. That's yeah, those those are awesome symbols. And then um, for Chinas, I have like a there's these Novo Chinas they have. I have a Nova of a twenty inch. Yeah, yeah. I have two twenties. I have the Rude, and then the uh, the two thousand two. I usually use on the left hand side. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then the Ride. I have a two thousand two Power Ride. That's I think oh, it's cool. awesome. You got some great symbols. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that shit. I when did the China become part of like extreme? Like rock and roll. Since the beginning, right? man. Is it really been around in rock? Oh, yeah, dude. Just, just, I mean, dude, in the seventies. Is I mean, there a place yeah. where it was yeah, before man, rock? No, it was I mean, jazz. It made for rock. Yeah, it was, it was in jazz before it was in rock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was around before rock. Yeah, for sure. He's like, dude, it was it was around in caveman music. Yeah, I mean, you, like, no, I just <laughs> want to know because like, the yeah. China is some uh, a very prominent aspect of the percussion that most of us react to and i i wanted right. to know if, if yeah when was... they started like putting the drum kit together it was like the early i mean there was like early times and stuff but after the civil war and everything but it was like you know they would have like the oh these are like chinese tom-toms and stuff and they would like put the like tom-tom they would have like like it was kind of more of like like a contraption of, of different like random pieces from different cultures and the, yeah. the, from, from the the symphony and the you know of course the percussion from the symphony and then they put it into this like contraption and then it was like you know gene krupa and guys later on all the like big band kind of drummer guys that like helps like create these companies like gretch and all that shit and ludwig and all that to create like the modern kits that we that we know like in that was used later in rock and roll in the 50s and 60s and all that shit you know um dude, so that's why i fucking love you dude like i just asked a random ass question <laughs> in the middle of this conversation. It's all 1922 dude like I, 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 you know i've been listening to china symbol for decades of my life and this conver this question just comes out in this conversation and i can't be just fucking there for me dude bravo that was a great birthday present right there Casey. Uh, happy birthday that was your present history right there dude and i love it love it so um so you said a name that has been brought up a bunch because me and like uh anthony we're not like i mean he's played drums longer than i have like, yeah like a month or two um Wasn't a grindcore band that. called haya dude but uh no ass. just like two things so i mean one we keep hearing uh what was the the drummer um symbols that you had what's his name um oh vinnie Kaluta. vinnie Kaluta. Oh, so man, yeah. i would ask like you know, we've had Roddy, so many people on here, and they always say that's their favorite drummer. Is that your favorite? Like, if you were to pick one to rule them all, everyone says him. I just don't, I want to know if you're on that same page. Yeah, I mean, Vinny, Vinny's definitely the king. I, 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 Billy Cobham would be my favorite drummer. Well, okay, so, okay. so, so to it, that is an amazing answer, but I, I would say it's not that it, Vinny is everyone's favorite drummer. It's oh, that yeah, all, the, the everyone set. agrees he's Vinny the best. He sits up best. here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can never call yeah. a number one, but I. I'll but I'm just saying. But his skill set, Michael Jordan, skill set. skill set is like he yeah. can do anything. He's just like he, he he's can just, sit down with anyone. And yeah, yeah, it's like Michael Jordan in basketball. That is Vinnie Caliuta on drums. Like that's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 
I, I think Roddy was the one that was telling us he's all go check out this Vinny Caliotti uh, yeah. video with uh who was it? It was a uh, it's one in Japan in Japan where he had oh, like yeah. one day he or something fly, like he had to fly into Korea. Korea and then for yeah, he, yeah, he, Korea. Yeah, yeah, so he, it was, he, it's just he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that's insane to me. He's got a cool podcast. It's a Breakfast with Vinny. And he just kind of oh, kind of spits shit. facts on life. Oh, it's really? Really yeah. Cool. Yeah. That. That's sick, dude. Wait, I will yeah, definitely right. write He's that down. Dude, dude. What if we get Billy Cal? This is my birthday present. Billy, yeah, get Billy, Vinny, Billy Caliuta. Billy Caliana, dude. It's not quite <laughs> the right guy. He's all, he's all, all Billy Cobb Hannah, dude. Can we get <laughs> that? Just made me excited, so I got all freaked out. But Billy? Vinny, <laughs> that would be a cool dude to talk to, dude. Yeah. Right. Get all that history from him, dude. He's a podcaster, dude. Let's make it yeah. happen, guys. Anthony reaches far. I like it. But uh, yeah, Billy <laughs> Billy Cobb. I'm that like watching him play and the dynamics that guy has on a giant mm-hmm. this giant Tama drum kit, and he's just like he'll play from like where you can barely hear to just he's got just insane dynamics, which is so cool. I um, love yeah, dynamics are huge for me with drums. Yeah, like especially nowadays. You know, I mean. Death metal's kind of. I listen to death metal a lot, but no, definitely nowhere near where I used to listen to it. Now it used to just be like speed, 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 and now it's like I need something dynamic. I need you know buildups. I need something to to you know have attention. I need something suspense built up with stuff. I can't just go like speed. Now I'm just like, all right, is that real? I don't even know if it's real. <laughs> like you know, right. I just hear people just doing three twenty, just no, just like it's almost becoming like um like uh a, a note which is like ee, you know yeah. it's like it's like becoming a frequency because the uh, it's it's so fast nowadays but charlie um, when did you be when did you start hearing uh the kabam stuff was it Mah- mahavishu uh no i think it was um i don't know this was probably right around when i was 18 when studying with chuck and he showed me uh just some licks off the Spectrum record, Billy Cobham Spectrum. Oh, that's and a really then good record, from dude. Then I dove into like uh, the Crosswinds record, and um, I got I got to see him on the Crosswinds tour. They did they did like an anniversary tour. Um, I think it was right before the pandemic. And man, yeah. he's like I think he's close to eighty years old. He's Billy's old, and he's just that was one of the most amazing drum performances I've seen. It was like, for me. Um, I'm not a drummer, like I said, but um, I just want to know your perspective. And I've talked about it a few times, but yeah. about a month ago, I saw, I mean, for the second time, I saw Shockley. Yeah. Have you, oh, cool. yeah, have you ever, like, well, I mean, a drummer's perspective on that. What's that? What's that? Is that like, uh, was it tree? Is it tree lock? It's a, uh, uh, no, it's a, it's a John McLaughlin and Zakir Hussein uh, and uh, that Tavo uh, player who'd like, yeah, yeah, fucking death metal. Like, <laughs> he's yeah. been doing it yeah. since like the 50s, just like, so cool. <sighs> yeah. And like, have you, I mean, for me, watching that was, um, like, it's one of those, I remember when I was a kid, my mom was like, oh, you're into, like, crazy music, come check this out, and she got me tickets when I was a kid, and it, I was into just death metal at the time, like, straight death metal, I didn't give a shit about anything else, Yeah. and I walked out of that going, like, what the fuck, like, Indian music is ridiculous, like, I don't even, like, <laughs> like trying yeah, to, like, Sean I was, like, into, just his hands dude. yeah i was just was just like yeah, technical yeah. technical technical is all i cared about at that time and i remember she showed me that and i was like i don't even have a clue these guys are aliens from a different space have you ever listened to any kind of like east Indian? yeah South yeah Indian. i guess listening to shakti or um oh man what was i listening to the other day i'm always like diving into weird 
more yeah. music and stuff. Um, but yeah, John McLaughlin, he has it's. I think it's him, Stanley Clark, and I want to see what's it. Gene look. Is that Return Ponte. to Forever? It's a uh, Rite of Strings. They have a record, and it's right all it's yeah. all strings. Uh, Aldi Miola is on there too. Yep. Fuck yep. yeah, that's Jesus. That's Dude. I mean the the guitar trios were there. It was like John McLaughlin, Paco De Lucia. John yeah, Goffin. Oh, keeps my dick hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. right here. That was like an ultimate my mom owning me for metal. Right. She's like, she's like, oh, you think you guys are into technical stuff? And she just gave me Friday night in San Francisco. And I was like, what the fuck is like yeah, my mom was... owned me? Like, well, no, right. that's such a good thing for your mom to be the one that's giving you that, dude. That no, I know. Crazy. She just would drop like prog bombs on me. I don't know. <laughs> Frog bombs, dude. Right. Yeah. I, I started really diving into, I guess, when I started getting serious and playing with death metal bands, at the same time, I was diving into like all this cool fusion and like mm-hmm. just rock jazz stuff. Um, Definitely. Have yeah. You... And I, I get more influence from that than I think anything else. Yeah. It's something yeah. different, fresh, and kind of give. Yeah. Have you dived into, I had a, like, uh, Naveen, when I, after I saw them, I was like, because he was like, fuck, you went and he was all, messaging me like pissed like fuck i needed to go see them because they moved to tennessee and uh i was like how since i have you what how do you count <laughs> like with with uh east energy music because they would just this thing it wouldn't be in four obviously it'd just be like they go like oh and then it'd be like random every time the claps would be random count but everyone would be and he was like dude it takes a lifetime to learn that shit that's like a lifetime study but the circle of people that were all in, in shakti they're all sitting there and they'd count to like fucking 11 and go like right. 12, then count to like seven <laughs> and they'd turn their hand and they'd, be, they'd all be together on it. And I'd be like, and they'd be freestyling like a jazz show where they'd be like, all right, now it's the guitar player's turn to shred. Now it's the fucking tabla player. Now it's a random singer guy. And they would all be on the same thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're counting. Like, Right. We, we grow up with Western music and we learn how to count to four and then we learn that's basically it. Exactly. I know, right? No, no. It's, they're like changing time signatures constantly in, in my brain. It's like seven, and then like a twelve, and then like a then like a four, and then like I'm like, I don't even. But they're all like just like laughing and going, like, "Yeah, this is yeah." There's it a is. pulse. Yeah, yeah. It's I brought it up on a previous recent podcast, but there's literally an infinity between each count. So, but to have them all together though there's like there's a formula that's it's like it's like golf like yeah it's anyone can hit a golf ball but it takes a lifetime to master it's like a bass same thing too it's okay you could play a a green day song but it's like if you want to be a sick jazz bass player you gotta that's a lifetime thing that's not like uh in a golf club i wouldn't i wouldn't compare it to that because there's more to what we're talking about aside from that well, what i mean is like uh there was they were interviewing a bunch of like famous sports people and they were like all right what's the biggest difference from the amateurs to the professionals and everyone's like golf like from the amateur and i've never i'm i obviously suck at golf i can't play it but they said like the biggest like gap between like an amateur and a professional is golf like and I'm like, really? Like all of them said it. They're like, it's golf. Like, really? <laughs> like, like from being like a, a fun player, like a semi-professional to like a professional, there's like the biggest gap than like college basketball to college. I know. Like NBA what you're saying like, is building to like getting to this next level. But the, so cool. you're saying if you were to compare it to the South Indian stuff that we're talking about right now, where there's 
an expansion between each count. Oh, I'm I'm not finding like the connection. <laughs> well, I'm just saying mi like mi um... mi miniature golf is kind of hard, actually. <laughs> So, it, exactly. it actually is I mean, harder than hard. regular golf, guys. <laughs> I just recently is it? No, it can't be. I was like, this is so different than putting on actual fucking golf course. It, it actually is harder. <laughs> right. But no, um, I was basically <laughs> just getting at like, uh, you know, with with Indian music. I mean, I've been explained. People have explained to me a couple times. It's like, yeah, you can understand the basic of the basics of it, but like to master it is. 50 years of studying it's like not and to yeah, me that's the thing with music it's yeah it's a lifetime sorry to cut you off but yeah, no, it's all good. Was, with western you can master anthony's like i'm not sorry to cut you off i'll just keep i'm not done <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> this is what we were just talking about didn't i'm gonna mute anthony you gotta listen i would never dare do such a thing thing because charlie was saying western music you can master western music but you still are a novice in what we're talking about with Shakti and the South Indian style stuff we're talking He's... about. Is that uh, uh, we're just gonna get quiet now? <laughs> no, no, you know, it's okay. I just found a funny <laughs> thought. So, the reason that Anthony kerfuffled us and didn't tell us that this was his birthday episode, and we're like, what is it? You know, we didn't know. It, it's, I it's didn't know great. either. I think Anthony, what he wanted for his birthday was to have a guest so he could interrupt that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Dude. Dan Kenny, what do you think about this? Dan yeah, Kenny's in the chat Charlie right now. for letting me uh, interrupt you. So, okay. I'll shut just... up for a few minutes. No, no, you don't have to shut up. But uh, so Danny's, uh, I love you, Danny. So I just put that on there. But uh, let's get back into the, uh, the storyline because uh, I want to know, obviously, Incantation, Morbid Angel is still in the storyline. Yeah. Like getting into that. Um, so start, I mean, in order of of time. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead. Okay. Um, in order and time. So where we left off is I'm starting out with my band Ascended Dead. Um, and from that band, I was getting into recording and also just like getting really into studying drums and, and really just kind of committing to playing all the time mm -hmm. and yeah that was a band that we would we would rehearse every night and it would be like we'd be writing songs i think that's how a lot of people progress but you write songs that you can't play yet and then yeah you yeah then you just like you have earn this it. like yeah you earn it you just kind of woodshed all i would play drums all day and then those guys would show up and then we were we would rehearse and then um i guess fast forwarding uh the first band that I really filled in for was uh, Skeletal Remains. Okay. Okay. That was, um, yeah, they're, they put out, I think it was their third record, and they were gearing up to do their first big U.S. tour. And, um, yeah, they hit me up, um, and I did that tour, and that was the first time where I was really, like, just learning someone else's songs and performing them live whereas i'm just fully filling in for this band and Can we talk uh, about you so you you jammed with uh we talked about like uh diego and stuff you jammed a little bit with him right yeah oh. um just there he is <laughs> what a charlie yeah, yeah we, we just we just jammed the other night yeah so uh going back to the what is it um was it universal sound studios 
that's where I met Diego uh, in yeah, Miramar. Yeah. And I, he was, he, he witnessed me. I was in there like just jamming with like three, four different bands at a time. And I got kicked out of that place for playing too much. Basically there's too many people coming in and out of the room. Yeah. Well, and you were getting up the AC all day too. Suppose. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never mind up in homeboy's rent. That's freaking working his ass off and only trying to do music. You know what I mean? Right. They had to kick him out because they felt like they were getting ripped off when they're like musicians that own the building and the manager is a fusion guitarist that, you know, doesn't really, he travels and he's been jamming for a while, but you'd think that anybody, like he's struggled, he's got his own musician struggles, you know? So you'd figure why take that away from a young, like, I don't even know if you were 21 yet, bro, when you got kicked out of that place. I was, yeah, I think I was 18 or 19. Jesus, yeah. dude, I fuck, I gave I gave that dude so much shit. I was like, "What are you doing?" The one kid that isn't freaking partying and ruining the place, and isn't some addict taking advantage of this situation, just trying to jam out, and you're kicking him out, bro. You know, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, man. But yeah, for anybody that uh, doesn't know Charlie personally, stand up dude, fucking huge heart, and he's one of the hardest working musicians. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> out of the place for, <laughs> for jamming too much. So he's a vibrator. Please, <laughs> no, I heard a <laughs> No, he's yeah. He just bailed. Thank you, Diego. <laughs> Got a little pop in from Diego. <laughs> But yeah, awesome. sorry to, to derail you even more. <laughs> no, it, it's but, all good. Yeah, bas- basically, it started filling in for uh, Skeletal Remains. Um, at the same time, I got hit up and I was playing with this band, Funebrarm from New York. They're an older mm-hmm. death metal band. Uh, I think they formed probably 99, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was filling in for those two bands. Uh, Funebrarm was the first band uh, that I played overseas with. So that was a European tour. Uh, okay. This must, now we're at like 20. I want to say 2015 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was filling in for those bands while also I put out a record with uh, with Ascended Dead. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, from there, um, yeah, I, I really got into like transcribing music and I, w- I was actually learning a bunch of incantation songs just on my own. And okay. I, I saw them come to town with, I was a pretty big incantation fan at the time. And I think I saw, yeah, I saw them come to town and they had a session drummer that was like, I just think really wasn't doing the songs justice. Mm-hmm. So then a few months later, I saw them post something. They were looking for a um, session player. So I, I sent them a video that I already had playing one of the songs. Oh yeah. And then it was sort of an audition process. And then, um, yeah, I started touring with them. Well, I, I gotta just... say what up to Diego real quick. Oh yeah, Diego yeah, of course Diego's here. here. Dude, I, I love it. And fucking <laughs> Diego's right there, dude. What up, bro? We lost you for a sec. I mean, you know, phone call came in and all of a sudden, fucking, you know, not the most computer savvy guy is. <laughs> good, dude. I lost I'm everybody. Glad to see your face, dude. dude. Well, I was gonna say, you know, we don't have the professor tonight, but we got the riff wizard, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. exactly. Dude. No, pleasure to be here, bros. Fucking, yeah. Fucking, glad you guys got Charlie up here too. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Been on here before. 
incantation and fucking Mortal angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no Diego, you know, Diego and I have been talking about this episode for a few weeks. Oh yeah, and we we're just like, oh yeah, dude, we're gonna get you on when you when that that was the plan weeks ago to have Diego on this episode. Like so, oh, I didn't yeah. tell anybody, but you know, That's Diego cool. and I knew it was going on. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got a lot of messages in the background actually about you, Charlie, that people okay. um people Uh-oh. saying like uh no, they were saying like one of the dudes, one of the hardest working Uh-oh. drummers. I mean you're you're uh I mean you and probably Gabe Sieber, right? Probably the hardest working drummers. Uh, like, yeah, that guy's yeah, a maniac yeah. playing with everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's just like one of the I've got that multiple times. People going like you're one of the most professional, hardworking like drummers out there and fucking doing it and your resume now does not not reflect that because you're fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it's it's this is the first time I've really had to like just kind of think about the timeline with things. And it's now that I think about it, there's all these other projects that are popping up that were pretty instrumental. It's so dense, but like while you're playing with everybody, I don't I don't think about it. I don't think yeah. that I'm like really busy or working hard. It's just like this, what else am I gonna do? This sort of thing. It's like eating or right. sleeping. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dude, I forgot the meal I ate like fucking three weeks I ago. Mean, kind of it's either that or play some piano in the background, you know. Right. <laughs> so how do you how do you get so, yeah. socially with all these projects? Do you and do you kind of inject yourself to to figure out who you're doing these session things for, or are you just you know balling whatever they need because they're you know obviously paying you to do it. You yeah, know, but how much? What's what's the balance of that? You know. Well, I've sort of like remained open, where it's like I have this thing where I, I'm at home and I'm doing a lot of recording sessions and things, and kind of weigh it out where like I like to be on the road touring and I, I prefer playing. I like mm-hmm. doing both, but it's right now it's sort of been finding a balance, and right now it's been just like tour mode all the time which is cool right now, but it's like, I think it's, it's a matter of finding a balance and having more control over the schedule Yeah, because it's gotten a little hectic. Right. Actually so. you do ring and mixing and recording, right, Charlie? Yeah, I had, I, I had been doing that. Like I'm on the road, I'll be mixing projects and then I'll be, sometimes I'll be home for a week and that'll be a week long yeah. recording session and then I go back into it. But I've found out that like, yeah, you're, downtime is a lot more valuable than you think and like just mm-hmm. being able to clear your head and not just be like just totally in stress mode with tour and travel all the time oh yeah and you can build ear fatigue if you stay yeah in a certain environment for too long you know right yeah that's why I needed the jam with the Riff Wizard a couple nights ago, dude. That was awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't actually just had a jam session probably since last time we jammed. I'm, I'm just like going somewhere and you rehearse the set for a day and then you and then you go out. You go, so go. What, is that what you guys are? Are you guys just fucking around or what are you talking about jamming a set? No, we got – well, Charlie and I always free jam, you know what I mean? But yeah. when, when shit sounds good, then – We'll record it a couple of times just so we have it. Right. You know, the, when the flow is there and it's locked in, you know, uh-huh. like I, uh-huh. I know, you know, I've known Charlie since he was a kid. And oh, I, yeah. well, the first time I saw him live, 
blew my mind. You know, it was when he was jamming with Extended Dead, and I was like, dude, the whole time this kid's just freaking hitting it, dude, and he's hitting it hard and free jamming nice. with it. the availability to to like open up your creativity. And mm-hmm. I'm an old now, dude. You know, so it's like it's just a lot more love and and uh, and gratefulness, you know, for where we're at these yeah. days, able to still play and the more people that we can shred with. And when we did that, uh, that first Chronicle song that I recorded probably three years ago or something, man, just been holding on to it. Yeah. Finally got that in the works for a lyrical video. And um, the last couple, like last time we jammed, I think it says chron- another jam sesh with, with Charlie in the works, you know, like just remember nice. a lot of the structure. So we got another one coming that we're going to record together. And uh, it's just easy, dude. And it's fun. And Charlie's got mad flavors. So. You know, and that I just want to give a shout out to the Riff Wiz real quick, dude, because that's that's one thing that this is probably what your fourth or fifth appearance on the show. You've been the homie for so long, dude. I've watched you work with so many people that I know, and then I realized now after you work with them, I know them too through the show or whatever. And and you kind of are this in the moment, dude. That that brings certain things out of people while they're in the jam space with you, dude. And I, I just want to applaud that because we're, we're talking about improv and I, I, I don't know how much we did on this show, but I was talking about it with Mike before I got on. And, and uh, I love this, like in the moment things being created that would have never been created unless it was that moment and and you taking that to the jam space as much as you have been for as long as i've known you yeah. and and great things end up spawning from it each you know time so i just want to just like applaud the riff wizard again for being on the show and 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 giving us a little peek into that because Here's another dude, Charlie, that you've worked with. And I'm like, dude, there's this fucking thing that's happening again with the yeah. fucking Riff Wizard, dude. The Riff <laughs> Wizard always just appears and then shit happens, dude. In the cloud of smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Cloud right, of smoke. We'll, we'll start jamming and like 15 minutes goes by. And I'm like, man, yeah. I remember when I first jammed with Diego, you, you just tired my ass out in like two minutes. <laughs> and everybody else I was playing with at the time, I started getting better, and I would like I I could go for hours and hours, and like Diego would just he just schooled me real fast. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I was the other day because you know Charlie let me jam with a with a Luana, you know, and same deal, dude. You know, just one yeah. one session, it's like what fifteen minutes, ten, twenty, like. Yeah. Char- Dude, we've gone like 20 minutes just in one free jam and just vibe it out. You come back to rhythms, you trail off somewhere else and just let the feeling and the flow go. Right. And for those two, you know, Charlie Luana, like they're so busy, dude, with their bands that they don't really have an opportunity to jam with other people and just let that internal piece of yourself out to where sometimes you just need to jam and not even think about it, dude, and whatever comes out and vibing it and, you know, when you got good people and there's nothing but love, it's like the 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 freedom of it. You know, it's, right? It has many many releases, dude. And you know, I was mentioning that about uh, Luana. I was like, you know what, dude? That 
like she could put down the sticks whenever we came to break and then I'd come back on or she'd come back on. And next thing you know, it's like, there's no warming up or nothing, man. You just get yeah. in and just go and fire, fire off. <laughs> and we'll if it's for a little while, okay, oh, well, it'll get better eventually. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be fortunate if I ever get the experience of being in the jam space with the riff whiz and throw a few vocals down on them brutal riffs, bro. San Diego, man. KC's yeah, got, I know, dude. Or the Donald, what, generator we've been talking about it for a while. We've got to do yeah. Legoland trip, dude, and then practice. And... One one cool thing about Diego, yeah, I know, because he's such, got such a cool, chill, mellow, at-home vibe. It's like everything's fine. But he also, when he riffs, he's got this kind of like cave. Like he brings out like your primal kind of like mm-hmm. this like this primal part in you where you're just yeah. like, fuck. Ugh. You know, you like, but it's so <laughs> chill, though. It's like a weird mix of chillness yeah. and brutality fine that naturally like, curves you just get into this like, yeah you get into like i want to go fucking hard you know what i mean Almost like, like a gorilla or something you know? just like, <laughs> yeah, I know. it is we, we get brought back to our ape tendencies when we listen to fucking yeah Diego it just goes on. back to like let's fucking let's just jam as hard as we can right now not, not not necessarily as hard as we can but just like in a groove that's the most brutal that we can like but also like hey let's chill and have fun and smile and have a good time yeah, oh, yeah, when I, when I jam with Diego, it's like I'm cool, jamming with, with a different drummer. It's like you're he he'll bounce off a rhythm, like a, just a full rhythm that then I can bounce something back off, and it just goes from there. Super yeah. rhythmic jams. Totally. So much in the moment. That's got to yeah. be a great feeling for like extreme death metal, dude. Like to find ah. those riffs together, and then you look at each other, like we were talking about, and then like. In those twenty-minute jams, you go. You're like, I'm gonna go back to that one riff, but you're just saying it with your eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you fall back into that riff, and here it is, dude. Here's our little root that we've created right now. That's gonna take us back to reality when we can expand on it again for another yeah. five minutes, and then go back to it again. Oh, totally, dude. And- and it's funny is uh, just a day of listening to something, you know, like Charlie and I, we haven't played that old stuff for a while. And he's like, yeah, I listened to it the other day. And I think there was only like one rhythm, you know, that like, uh, like he forgot one little part and then just moved straight on. And then in the end, you know, I forgot. Like I want to like, <laughs> like it's an epic and I was like, oh, okay, I know he's playing that beat, but I just kind of go back in. So I just, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, dude, it's fucking, it's killer. Charlie, you know, you're going to be stoked with this, you know, he's behind the kid or you're just hanging out with him talking. And, uh, you know, I haven't even, dude, to be honest, I haven't even played my guitar since freaking Vegas, uh, Chicago with TVV a while back. And uh, just because I've been yeah. focusing on yeah. bass with the cephalosophy stuff. And, right. I was like, you know what, dude, I always get intimidated initially because, you know, everybody shredders and when you get together, but when you can just get together, dude, and it's, like I said, the freedom of free jamming. And when you're with right. cool people, it just, it comes out, you know, and I almost forgot that I haven't even played my guitar for freaking so long, but it got that, that fire, you know, got what's that awesome about you though, like instead of just having all the gases from freaking talking about doing it for a while, then just hitting you're, it. And, you're so unique. You did. Now he's yeah, got to go you're back not... to playing multiple sets and different bands. And <laughs> well, <laughs> get, yeah, yeah. 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 It was nice. I got to breathe for a little bit, man. The tour I mean, life, oh, Charlie's fucking yeah. traveling the world now, bro. 
you don't have to worry about shredding those. My my, what I love about you, you got your own style. You got the riff wizard style. It's not like oh, I gotta fucking nail this arpeggio. But like, it is oh, shredding. That's... It's just like low it's, note it's shredding. It's his own though. It's his own though. So he but has it's... no one to he has no one to show like no one to prove to because it's like this is mine. Like yeah. I I created this before you guys were born. <laughs> like ninety like percent. He's like, he's like I got the sword, but I sharpened it my own way, and this shit still fucking cuts through that yeah. shit. Yeah, Whatever yeah. You guys are not only look. Check out how I filleted this motherfucker compared to how you. Well, did. hey guys, I lost the volume, and I gotta get Azalea situated with school and going to my brother's uh, wedding in North Carolina this weekend. Dude. All but good, dude. I'm glad we got Anthony and Joel. You guy. Hell yeah, the bro. professor's doing his thing with the uh, last of Lucy and oh, yeah. with TVV on the road coming up. Party people. Fuck yeah. Nice. Good shit, man. Okay, Always show. a pleasure, Probably. Diego. Yeah, Always a pleasure. Man. See you, buddy. Hey, I love you guys. I'll see you guys later. Love you too, I love brother. You, man. Oh, dude. Peace out. Nice little pop in yeah. right there. That's right. So uh you yeah. saw incantation <laughs> you were <laughs> trying to he's ever been, dude. His That's a, so were you the playing with them? Been. Were you playing with them in like 2017? I I the first tour I did was in 2019, and that was okay, okay. Uh, a devastation tour with uh it was Dark Funeral, Belfagor, and Hate. Oh, okay, okay. Awesome, awesome. So it was a, a full US tour? Yeah, and that was the first tour where it's like I think we were on a bandwagon, but I'd only done like shitty van tours up until then. So how was, was the vibe was of that good. tour package? Did, was it positive or were you feeling? That sounds like there's a bunch of negativity. You got there. There was a funeral. lot of lot of chaos. <laughs> um, to me, it was all really cool. Like I hadn't played to crowds like that, and I hadn't done a real tour like that. So um, yeah. Did I you, guess I guess I had friends? before before that um before that I did it was uh Skeletal Remains their tour was with Black Dahlia Murder and it was oh, okay. Black Dahlia Murder this is like rewinding a little bit I guess in the first tour first big tour okay it was Black Dahlia Murder um who else was on that uh Power Trip Ghoul it was this big I think Pig Destroyer was on. A that actually of, sounds like a bunch of party bands, so that actually sounds yeah. like a rad tour package. Yeah, I guess that was the that was the first time doing a tour where I'm playing in front of these big crowds every night. But um, fast forwarding to the Incantation tour, um, yeah, that was that was really awesome. That was, um, I think, that was a big like just sort of stepping stone for me playing with those guys. Definitely, like old school dudes. I mean, obviously, you've been yeah. the youngest guy in the band always, but like a band yeah. that's been established since what, like nine, ninety one, ninety? I think, uh, yeah, I think eighty nine, somewhere around there. Yeah, is when the band yeah. Was they go the way band. back. They're like, yeah. here's the ropes, motherfucker. <laughs> like before you were yeah. warm, you started. Yeah, that's that's really cool to, to. So, what did they teach you, like jumping into a band like that? It's been so seasoned. Well, it was more like, all right, I have to fill in for this band, and I have to jump into this first show like I've been playing with they they at the i mean they've always been a very active touring band mm -hmm. so it was more like the pressure was on for me to jump in and then just make the band feel good and make everything seem like they don't even notice me back there so how'd you do and playing the songs <laughs> I, I ended up doing do, doing well yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. awesome um, but yeah doing tours like that i think you learn a lot about your own playing oh yeah definitely 
just playing every night and, and like just more like trying to sort out your own head and dealing with like stress and anxiety, things like that. So how many tours did you do with them? I've done now at this point, I've done a lot of tours with them. It was, it started with that one and then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that tour, a tour in Mexico with Suffo. And then the pandemic hit the and then yeah, so the world shut down for a couple of years. Um, during what the pandemic, what did you do th- during that time? Yeah, the pandemic. What did you do? I that I really dove into recording. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was I've been living up in Portland, Oregon, and um, I love yeah, Portland. Just, yeah, just re- recording bands and getting really into mixing and recording, and that pretty much okay. kept me busy throughout the whole pandemic. Definitely. Um. So then after that, obviously people were recording at home. Did you do session stuff? Yeah, I did a few All records right. over the pandemic. Um, right before the pandemic, I did. Uh, I got a call to do the Skeletal Remains record. Um, nice. The Entombment nice. of Chaos. That's the one they've been touring on. Um, yeah, since after the pandemic. Nice. Definitely. So you that didn't was- do need touring with them. You just you did a session. With them with skeletal remains before I recorded with them, I did that Black Dolly murder tour, and then I did a tour in Europe with Terrorizer. It was Terrorizer Skeletal Remains. Damn. Sick, dude. And then from there I got the incantation gig, and that sort of took priority. Was it so the Terrorizer and Terrorizer LA? Is that how it, they... it was the it was the Pete Terrorizer? It was a. Uh, at the time, it was Pete, Lee Harrison, and, and Sam. Okay. Sam Molina. God, I hate band politics and all yeah. that shit. And I'm like, uh, all these different bands. I'm like, which one was it, dude? <laughs> you know? But it was cool. I got to hang out with Pete and Lee. Like, Lee Harrison, such an awesome dude. But watching Pete play every night I would love awesome. to have him on the show. Pete the Feet, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so Pete's, Pete's you're in. Wait, you toured Europe with Pete the Feet? Yeah, I was playing with Skeletal Remains, and uh, yeah, we were playing with Terrorizer, so we shared a bus with them. And I was, yeah, got to hang out with Pete. For shared a bus, a so you got to really see what those dudes were like. How how was it uh, sharing such small accommodations with people you look up to? It was cool. I mean, they're they're all really cool dudes. Um, yeah, it's kind so of, Diego said Diego said that you weren't much of a partier. So no, um, I mean that's probably obviously a plus for having a yeah. drummer in your band that's not a part because you don't want to drink and drum and things like that. So um, so where did that come you from? Have you always drum? been kind of like that? Have you always? Um, been... Yeah, I grew up around a lot of people that were like just addicts and alcoholics and things, and I think mm-hmm. I learned at a young age like these people are really just going down a dark path and i luckily i chose to like dive into other things like playing music mm-hmm. and i've always been into doing things outdoors so you do not you don't drink you don't smoke you don't do anything uh occasionally but i'm not not like a part of you yeah it's not like a it's not like a a habit that you have no okay okay and that's probably why also too you've been so consistent in doing things in getting out there and people want you in their bands because you know you don't want a drummer that's like hammered like you know trying to play drums and stuff we had we've had toured with drummers and stuff that get hammered (laughs) 
not him. He was not. Right. You see people crash and burn pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had the shows like I remember touring with uh, that band a long time ago. We toured Vail Maya and Sam's an amazing drummer, great drummer. But one night he got drunk and just like I thought they sounded were fine. It was like faceless and suffocation or something. And he was he got a little too tipsy and he's like, I can't control my arms when I'm like that. I cannot like for someone that has to do a motor skill instrument. I cannot do alcohol and then do metal or anything. You know, it's yeah, like some, it some people can other people like I, I'll drink a beer or two and I'll start dropping sticks. I can't do it. But yeah, some people Definitely. can get, you know, you're weight wasted and play fine. <laughs> That's crazy. Have you um so okay, so incantation. So how did the the morbid angel gig come into? So we uh with incantation we did a tour uh with morbid it was morbid angel with Tane and incantation, the sickness tour. Mm-hmm. Um and I Scotty, uh Scott Fuller. I knew oh, yeah, him. Scotty. Yeah. I know Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew him, uh I'd known him since I was he actually recorded my first band. One of my first like high school bands when I was I was 16 at the time, and he was playing with Abysmal Dawn. Living, I think he was living down in Corona. What was this thrash band called? It wasn't Havoc. It was uh... yeah. He was he, he was in Havoc, and then oh, he was uh, in Havoc. Okay, he was yeah. in Havoc. Okay, that's right. Yeah, this was after Havoc, and he was playing with Abysmal Dawn at the time. Mm. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'd known Scotty since I was 16, and I was kept in touch with him. So then doing that tour, it was really cool because he was playing with Morbid Angel. I was playing incantation um, and we both have like the skateboarding thing in common. Mm-hmm. So that's, I got to meet the morbid guys and hang out with them. And um, yeah, uh, Dan from morbid angel, he had been filling in for incantation um, the past year, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was sort of a last minute thing where Scotty couldn't do this 40th anniversary tour mm-hmm. and i guess my name got put in the hat and um sort of got priority so i i got the call hey can you um make some videos like i might not be able to do this tour can you make some videos of you playing these like these two three more angel songs and then i sent one video over and i was thinking oh man it's like i'll, I'll try my best but we'll see they probably got a million guys that are sending them videos and ended up having a positive reaction. And that led into me just sending in more videos. And then it got to the point well, where the tour is in like a month and a half. Um, you want to do it. And here's the set list. And there was 17 songs to learn. Damn. Yeah. So you songs you've already probably you've already kind of dialed in your head. You've already heard. Yeah. These songs. Yeah. Yeah. He was more huge Morbid Angel fan, so yeah, I knew most of the songs, and I know like Pete's mm-hmm. playing from even from like Terrorizer World Downfall. All of Pete's playing has had a huge influence on what I do. Um, so were those songs that you like had kind of like from your childhood or, or for younger that you already kind of knew yeah. that yeah. you went to your jam to to go jam with them, and you're like you probably refined them a little bit. Obviously, you're practicing yeah. them more, but are there things that you did when you were you know, jamming on your own that you were into more yeah. of an angel just jamming and then you brought it to them and they're like, fuck yeah. Um, I think them seeing that the Skeletal Remains record and I had some videos of me like studio footage of that. That's very Morbid Angel sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So they're, I, I saw them once and uh, my buddy was like, they're like a Morbid Angel-esque band and they were, 
fucking awesome. Just bringing yeah. that. I mean, there's bands that you know that are huge that took so much from Morbid Angel, like Gojira. Right. Like, I hear Gojira, and I'm like, "There's Morbid Angel in there." There's so many little things from Morbid Angel that they take from there. Obviously, some heavier or heavy stuff that they've taken from other genres. But um, right. I hear so much Morbid Angel and a lot of heavy bands that have been very successful. So, um, yeah, obviously yeah, one I of mean, the most influential bands for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, as far as the death metal thing goes, yeah, Morbid definitely. Angel. So, yeah, <laughs> rock and roll, Morbid Angel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so i mean how has it been you, you're you're touring with them and all, all the things and yeah um that was a, it, you know it was a big challenge when i got uh hit up to do that i hadn't really like play i mean i could play get through the songs but it was just like really getting my feet and hands conditioned for it was like it was like yeah. i i pretty much just dedicated a whole couple months just it was like almost eight hours of, of doing this stuff yeah uh, just like just basically playing double bass and like the hard part for me isn't learning the tunes it's more just like just getting condition, conditioned to play that stuff yeah so uh how's so are you guys doing anything upcoming is there any tours announced um right now i don't know what's what's on the queue right now it's kind of just it seems like it's standby right now i don't know maybe like i think for that band to do a new record, it seems like it's about time. But did you do the last one? Sorry, no, I'm behind no. in time. Okay, okay, okay. No, I, I just did uh, their last tour. Okay, okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, fuck. I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna start to wrap it up, but Anthony's birthday's and he's here and he's green. There's nothing <laughs> there in the background. Right. But uh, man, sorry, that's really cool. That... Like crash. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. The, it's really cool to hear your journey and, and where you've come from and uh, your persistence and, you know, starting lessons. And one thing that wasn't said is that when you were learning, too, it's kind of like what I always talk about. It's like when you're learning language almost at the same time, you're learning music and, you know, five years yeah. old, you're playing, you know, so you obviously have this is one of your other languages. And uh, yeah, Anthony, completely. we're going to start wrapping it up. But uh, all good. That was fucking sick, man. That was uh, it's really cool to see people out there that can make, like, a. I want to say, I mean, can you make a living off this right now, or is it the recording that's helping you? There's, we have to, we're giving people to like, you know, the other avenues of how you survive yeah. in this style. You kind of, I feel like you kind of have to have your foot everywhere, like doing recordings, mm -hmm. mixing, like doing sessions. Um, I've gotten into teaching again, like that, and then touring also you kind of have to like if you're just a touring drummer i don't think you're gonna like be able to make much of a living unless you have this big gig you know you kind of have to have your foot everywhere so do you um do you teach remotely or are you only doing in-person teaching i have been teaching remotely yeah I've, I'm, I'm starting to promote more trying to like do more lessons on the road and um I've gotten some offers to do clinics and things like that. So I'm thinking like next I might try and start going the more educational route, at least try it out. So is there a like remotely as in like zoom? Or... Yeah, I'll do, I'll do zoom, zoom lessons. And in my studio in Portland, I have a handful of students that will, that will come in whenever I'm in town. How do people get a hold of you to, to do um, that? Through, through my email, it's um, ccorin at gmail.com. And that's C K O R Y N. Yeah. 
at gmail.com. Is that cool. The one on yeah. charliecorin.com? Yeah. Yeah, you can, all that stuff's on there too. Oh, yeah. That's one thing we always forget to promote in the beginning because we're like, oh, dude, where can we buy your t shirts? No, we didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, and like, it's like, where do where you make all your money is probably fucking lessons. Maybe not that email <laughs> address, but I know we talked about his website in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got the plug. There it is, there it is. right there at the yeah. bottom. That's well, fuck up, yeah, dude. Boom. Is that it? And Let's, uh, all right. What do, you, what do you got, Casey? Oh, it's just putting like you were starting. Oh, to shout out to Ian right. from Sick Term. I didn't even see this chat here. Oh, yeah. He's been Ian talking the whole time. Ian's, <laughs> Ian's probably had like 50 things on the on the screen. That's <laughs> like, the homie, yeah. dude. Ian's, he's dropping Ian's like are, uh... putting your your drum teacher's name out there and spelling it yeah, correctly. That's and awesome. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean his man. channel's right up there with learning from any like any drum teacher. He's putting it all out there. Like I probably wouldn't be talking to you guys if it wasn't for that guy, too. Fuck so, yeah. Okay. Love you, Ian. I mean, he has been a staple of this community for so many years dude and we've all benefited from what he has contributed to this scene so shout right. out ian mcdonald dude 100 percent. and uh yeah dude just fucking tell your friends about this show subscribe like all that shit like if you're not if you're having a good time with this and you haven't done that what come on dude for my birthday just do it that's the best promotion for his birthday for my birthday you ever given you ever forgot to give someone a birthday present now's your chance to redeem (laughs) yourself i i know you're i know you're listening and i know that you haven't clicked all that shit i don't really ask you to do it i don't i don't ask you to like and click and all that shit just do it for my birthday dude happy happy birthday anthony thanks from all of us love you brother Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We love you so much. I love everybody that that follows the show. I love everybody who's in the chat with us tonight. I I, Anthony puts up with so much shit, dude. We give him so much shit all the time. And you're we all set up you're the greatest host ever. We love you. We all set up things that we look forward to, and this is something that I know for a fact in my week i'm looking forward to this dude. Yeah. so always oh, yeah, dude. this is really the you don't have to do shit i when i'm saying do the like and subscribe don't do anything it doesn't matter either just come <laughs> don't back do yeah don't have to dude, do that's so <laughs> so counterculture just like dude whatever dude i don't fucking care i, do I actually really don't <laughs> yeah. care because my birthday one of my birthday presents every year is the show and i'm having a good time with you guys still Oh yeah, brother. Breaking off good the shit. we're in the fourth year of this bitch now. I know, Jesus. So just go to wow. calidethpodcast.anthonysbirthday.com <laughs> and <laughs> send him some gifts. He has some uh, donations some options there. Take, yeah, donations. Uh, send it to the professor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, fucking. All right. Happy birthday, Anthony. Again. And it was really good hearing your story, dude. This is all rad stuff. Those Uh, things. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure, man. Great story, man. Yeah, right on. And um, you and Casey go cook yourselves some food in the kitchen together. We're going to go play a piano duet together first. But yeah. Make your midnight munchies together and. 
And then we're going Bump skiing afterwards because the snow. <laughs> yeah, you're in Aspen. Yeah, we're, we're in Aspen right now. We're in Aspen, yeah. <laughs> Get ready we're going to play some death metal tonight, in too. The morning, you know. Yep. All right. Love all of you in the chat. Love all of you who are listening to this later in life. Um, rock on. We'll see you next week. Boom. Rock on. Bye.